Hello, everyone, and happy Monday. Happy Day of the Dead, because today is the Day of the Dead, and tomorrow is All Saints Day. So happy Monday, wishing you light and love for this whole week. You know, we always like to start off our Mondays. We're wishing everyone light and love, peace and harmony, and all those good things. Today's show, it's, it's basically about relationships. It's like when you're in a relationship with people, like how do you how do you function when your relationships don't function? I don't understand these things. I don't think that is healthy for a human being to be in a relationship with someone when when it, it's just not working. You know, when you when you have to call your wife, girlfriend, uh, fiance out of her name, meaning calling her a bitch and a hoe and all these things because you're upset, that speaks volumes of the character of your male character, especially if you have daughters. Because nine out of 10, whatever you call your wife, girlfriend, fiance, friend, partner, whatever, 90% of the time, your daughters are going to end up suffering the same fate. So you need to think about that. Now, I'm not just going to beat up on the men. I'm going to beat up on the women, too, because there are a lot of women who do shit. And then you act like you don't do shit. You say things to contradict yourself, but then you say you don't. You create conflict because you create a hostile environment so that the man could argue with you because maybe you're a baby daddy that came before your man treated you like shit and you got used to being treated that way. Hold on one second. Let me get my coffee. Okay, I got my coffee, so, and yes, it's fresh brewed. So, anyway, so back to what I was saying. Hi, Kat, how are you? Thank you for being on the show. I, I missed you. Um, now, I know that sometimes you ladies, or you men, some men are mama's boys and they allow their parents or siblings to put stuff in their heads and then they automatically um, start pushing you aside. And in some instances, there are women who's either sisters or mothers or fathers or whatever put things in their head to create chaos. What I've learned as I've gotten older is that when people are truly happy, people don't like to see other people happy. People always want to create a want to create a chaos. When you are when like let's say you have a business, you think that everyone that knows you is going to be grateful and it's going to be it's they're going to be grateful because of the fact that you kept them in the loop and and you know you you always you know you followed your dreams and you gave a good example to your children but 
it doesn't work that way. There's always that jealousy that, that um, you know, you took my idea and you did this and you did that. I mean, come on. I had internet stores and I had my, my spiritual stores. And I always found that I never copied off of anybody's stuff. Hey, Sadia and Frankie. Hello, my loved ones. My nephew, Frank, is on the phone, which I love, Frank. Um, so anyway, you figure that people will want to celebrate you, and sometimes even family. But what I've realized and what I've noticed is when you sit back and you analyze people, you're in the outside looking in, people don't want to see you succeed. People want to see you fall because when you fall, they want to enable you so that you can become a codependent to them. I know because I lived there. You know, I lived on uh, Codependent Avenue for a long time and I couldn't get myself out of it. But when I finally left New Jersey, I realized that I was so angry and I was bitter and I was upset. But a lot of this stuff came from me. A lot of this stuff came from gossip and rumors of other people towards other people. So my relationships with people severed because what I do is I run away, not run away from people because I'm a mean bitch. So I confront everybody, but I run away. Like if I know that you're talking shit about me, I'd rather not talk to you. Why am I going to argue with you or fight you? I'm just going to walk away because I don't need that drama. Now, there's a lot of people that I walked away from that I needed to walk away from because they were just toxic. And although although the only time they were kind to me was when I gave them things, gave them of my time, of my spirituality or free readings or, or created fresh, you know, baths for them, you know, and, and even made things for them. I, or, or even use my connections to get them something. Then they were my friends. Then they loved me and, you know, I was, I was this and I was that. But I can literally tell you that, you know, I can count the amount of people who truly have been there for me. And even if I don't speak to those, those people, some of those people, doesn't mean that I forget what they've done. No, I can't forget the kindness of strangers. You know, but I do know that on my journey, I have to cut that cord. So going back to what I was saying, I don't understand how couples do it, how couples are involved and how they they fight with their partners and they they make it seem like they're obligated to help you. You know, like, you know, there are some men that are really good men and um, they meet a girl and, you know, the girl's complicated and she's filled with her own dramas and stuff. Thank you, honey. I saw in the, in the, uh, I saw in the magazine, I saw your stuff too. It's amazing stuff. I'm very proud of you. Keep up the good work. Kathy, um, Jeremison, uh, well, with the, starts with the J, uh, Jeremison. She is a designer guys, that's the one I was telling you about, that she had followed her dream and she kept at it no matter what. And now she's designing clothes and her name is being spread out there, which is very good. And I'm very proud of her because 
You know what? She was up one of those people that did not allow people to get her down. Now, okay, back to what we were saying. Now, there are good men. Women say, oh, I want a good man. I want a good man. I want a good man. But you know what? Some of you ladies, when you want a good man, you say you want a good man, you don't know how to treat your man. If you're a man, if you get a man and you got three children, four children, and your man is willing to, to watch your children, to feed your children, to take care of your children while you do stupid shit, on top of him being a fool, he's a great man. But if you can't recognize that, then you shouldn't be with him and he shouldn't be with you. And you men out there, some of you are kind of like idiots because you like for women to abuse you. When women treat you like shit, you like that. I don't know why. I don't like to be treated like shit. But yet, I can treat you like crap. And I have no problem. But I don't like to be treated like crap, especially if I have feelings for you. I don't like that. And I don't appreciate that. And I don't, I don't believe that it is right. Now, there are women out there that have daddy issues that either their father treated them like princesses or their fathers treated them like hoes. Women who, who were treated like princesses usually look for fathers that they look for boyfriends that are like their dads, you know, that they're kind and stuff like that. And they don't always find it. You know, a lot of them end up with losers. And my advice to women is, you know, always pick someone that's at your status. Always be with someone who is, who's, who's as well as you. Don't be with people that have less than you because it's going to be more of a struggle for you to be with someone who has less than you. And, he's, and he or she is always going to say, well, I, I, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. But you know what? Saying I'm doing it don't make it so. It really don't. You can try, but if you're letting the, the energy of the, of the people you're with, if you're letting that energy suck you in and you have no trust in that person you're with, then why are you with them? You can easily walk away. You can easily walk away. And people automatically, like I, I said once before, I, I know I said this in the show, you know, people put their children as, oh, well, you know, this is the daddy of my baby or I'm the mother or whatever. Children need both parents. And if you can be cordial with each other and you can raise your children um, and make them as comfortable as you can, then it's beautiful. But if you're going to be against your ex and your ex is going to be talking shit about you, then you're never gonna you're never gonna achieve anything, and your children are gonna grow up miserable because you're miserable. Children pick up more than you think. Adults, you know, adolescent children, teenage children, babies, babies see everything. One year old, two year old, they see everything. The minute they start walking and they start getting curious, they see everything. They watch everything. They observe you. They know when you're happy, when you're not happy, when you're fighting, they, they know it. So the thing is, why? Why put a child through some type of drama because you and your lady or you and your man can't control your mouth? And if you have to, if you have to doubt your woman's fidelity, then why are you with her? 
Why? And women, if you doubt your man's fertility, why are you with him? There's plenty of men out there. You know? I mean, it was a ratio where I think women, it got to the point where women were like seven. It was like seven women to one man. I doubt that it's seven women to one man after COVID. So many people have died. So I don't think there's seven women for one man. I think that it's about almost as even. And if it's not, it will get there eventually. Because that's what population control does. Even though people may say conspiracy theory, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's reality. And we have to face the reality that we see. Now, again, you are not obligated to be with anyone. People get that very confused. When you're with someone that you love, love is not supposed to hurt. Love, love is not supposed to be boastful. Love is not supposed to be arrogant. It's not supposed to be filled with lies. You know, people think that people think that it is easy to lie, and it really is not. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't, I haven't lied, but when it comes to people that I care about, I don't lie. I don't. One thing about me is I I can't lie because the lie hurts me that I'm lying. And eventually in a day, I, I would have to say, listen, I lied to you and I didn't, but I didn't mean it. This is why I lied to you. So at the end of the day, when anything that's, that, that has begun through lies will never stand at the test of time because lies do not keep people together. You have to always remember one thing I always say is state the facts and tell the truth. When there's something wrong and you feel that there's something wrong with your partner, and we've talked about this, about communication, you sit down and you tell your partner, the, you tell them the facts, okay? The facts are this, 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 and this. The truth is I'm feeling this way, this way, this way. And I think it'd be best if we both separate it. Maybe not for your peace of mind, but my peace of mind. So you have to know what it is that your mind, your body and soul needs. Your mind, your body and soul does not need sleepless nights. It does not need you jumping up at the end of, at night, you know, jumping up out of bed, um, not knowing why you jumped out of bed. Well, that's nervousness and that's anxiety from you allowing so many things to build up. If you don't feel that things are going right wherever you are, then find somewhere else to go. Like I said, there are no permanent and there are no temporary. We have two choices, either we die or we live. If you want to die, you know that I, I, I say it and I will always say it. I am an advocate for suicide. You want to kill yourself? God gave you choice. He gave you your body. He gave you your mind. He gave you your ideas. The church make it makes it like killing yourself is a sin. But how many, how many uh, people did not kill themselves for things that they believed in? How many, how many religions? How many Muslims? How many Jews? How many people have killed themselves in the name of their God? 
So you kill yourself in the name of your God, and that's not sinful. But if you decide to take your life because no one can understand you or you feel like you're alone, then automatically you're a sinner. That doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. But like I said, it doesn't matter what I think. I'm just telling you, I am an advocate for suicide. And I don't like, I don't like people who cry wolf. My thing, and I've always said it, is if you are miserable and you're tired and you think that nobody understands you and you don't call me and tell me you're going to kill yourself. If you're going to do it, just do it. I'll read about it in the papers or someone will tell me about it. Don't do it if you're not going to do it. Don't be a pussy and take pills and just think, oh, my life. I'm... Nine out of 10 with pills, you're not going to die. Okay? So alcohol, neither unless you poison yourself. And even then you'll probably go into a coma. And then you, with your luck, you'll wake up because God will play this cruel joke on you because he's a jokester. And he will bring you back to life just to fuck with you. Excuse my language. So at the end of the day, you have to think about what you're doing. You think that being in a toxic relationship is not killing you? Being in a toxic relationship is killing you slowly. It's killing you every single day that you argue. It's killing you a little bit. Every single time that you don't see eye to eye, it's killing you. Every time you argue about who's going to change the baby's pamper or who's going to go to the store and buy milk, all it does is create more chaos. And as the chaos is being created, <clears throat> a lot of that negative vibration is building up and it's staying in your house and it's creating chaos if you have other children that are older than seven, it's creating chaos in their heads. And therefore, they either become bullies or they just start not behaving and not talking to you the right way. That's sad. Why? Because, come on, these are your children. You raised them. You created them. What do you create them for? To be worse than you? Because nine out of ten, when you're a bad parent or you give your children too much leeway, it's because you probably never had someone to really truly love you and show you what it is to be a mother or show you what it is to be a great daughter. Or if you have sisters, you probably have some devil sisters that all they want to do is cause chaos in your relationship and always create some type of thing to, to make things look as if the person you're with is wrong. There are many scenarios that are used, not just for men, even for women, you know, and women can be very cruel, especially if they want your man. They can be very cruel. They can take you out and they're your friend and all of a sudden they'll call your man and they, they record, you know, you in a strip club with men and all of a sudden they record it and then they pass it on to your husband or your boyfriend or your lover and they say, you know, your girl's a hoe, whatever. No, she wasn't a hoe. She was doing exactly what you do when you go to strip clubs. She was there and she wasn't touching the candy, but she was looking at the candy and she was stuffing dollar bills at the candy, but she wasn't taking the candy home. She was having a good time, which is one thing a lot of men don't understand. You know, although society has made it for women to believe that or men to believe that the men's laws are different than women you're wrong if you cheat you cheat 
if a woman takes you back and you cheat again, and then she takes you back again, you're an idiot. There's no other word, but you're an idiot. Um, if you have family and relationship, young relationships, they break up, they get back together, they get break up, they get back together, they get break up, they get back together. But if you have children and you love your children, then you're able, you will be able to sit down together and come to the conclusion. And either you stay together or you don't. I don't find that to be foolish. I don't find that to be ignorant. I don't find that to be childish. What I do find childish is if you break up with a girl today and then you go back with her tomorrow and you break up with her today and then you go back to her the next day and you talk all this shit about her and she's a bitch and she's a whore and she's this and then all of a sudden you're kissing her ass again, that speaks volumes of your character. That speaks volumes of the type of person you are, both male and female. Because if you're going to talk about the person that you were with and you're going to talk about those people with negative connotations, then why in hell do you go back? You know, if you're saying, well, she's cheating on me, then that makes you a cabron. And if she says he's cheating on me and yet you keep taking him back, that makes you a cabrona. So at the end of the day, it's not an easy thing unless you're both going to sit down and you're going to basically talk to each other. I don't mean talk bad about each other or talk bad because see, when you talk bad about your partners and I've had many people talk bad about me and even friends at the end of the day, you're talking, you're preaching to the choir, talk all the shit you want. At the end of the day, if you honestly believe that I care, I really don't care. Maybe I'll get hurt because I'm like, damn, I thought you were my friend and you won't talk about me, but then you talk about me. That creates a problem. If I have slept with you, um, you best believe, you best believe I'm going to hold on to so many secrets because I'm a very good listener. I'm going to hold on to secrets that spirit tells me and secrets that I know, and I'm going to hold on to them to, you know, to, I don't know, Armageddon. And as long as you don't talk crap about me, you don't have to ever worry about me talking about you. But the moment you start talking crap about me, you better believe I'm going to start talking about you. But I'm going to be stating the facts and I'm going to be telling the truth. I'm not going to make up anything. What I don't talk about, I know it's TMI, but what I don't talk about is men's, you know, my 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 ex-partner's um, genitals or, or how good they were in in bed or I don't do that. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, not being gay, unfortunately, queens are like that. They like to talk about, you know, and measure sizes and like to talk to the world about, oh, well, this guy had a big penis. This guy had a small penis. This one, you know, if you've got friends that you're close to, that's a different story because that, that applies to everybody because girls do that. Guys do that too. But at the end of the day, when it comes to relationships, I don't, I'm not a, a size person, so I really don't care. And I won't bash you, you know, even if I had to teach you everything, I, I won't bash you because there's nothing wrong with, with not knowing and not being so sexually active. There's nothing wrong. But like I said, if you are kind to me, I will be kind to you. I will hold any secret until the day I die. 
the minute you start talking about things that you either have seen or you know, and 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 you try to discredit me any which way, I'm going to talk. I'm not going to gossip. I'm going to talk to just the right people and give them the information that they need to bring you down. Why? There is no reason to try to bring me down if I've never tried to hurt you in any way. I don't copy anyone. People copy me. I'm an original and I will always be an original. Now, the point I'm trying to make is this. Everyone who thinks they know me, they've known me for years. Anybody who thinks they truly know who I really am, you don't. There are things that have happened to me that I talk about, and there are things that happen to me that I don't talk about that are so embedded in my heart that the moment I open my mouth, it will be so deeply scarring that I will be, I will be really sad and I will be upset with myself for actually opening up. So what I'm getting at is, if you were together with someone, don't ever feel, unless you're married and you have kids and you've been with the person for a long time, but if you meet someone, don't start opening up Pandora's box and talking about your shit without observing them for a while and getting to know them really well. Women, you guys do that. You guys are easy for that. Well, he's my best friend. And I have to tell him this and I have to tell him that. No, you don't have to tell him shit. Your past does not determine who you are now. So your past should never really be brought up. What happened in the past should just stay there. There's no reason for you to keep talking about the past and bringing it up for what? You know, did you die? Were you in the coma? You know, did you have this, this, this uh, this enlightenment with God where you saw God and Jesus like that, that crazy man and Jehovah Witness, you know, that you saw God and Jesus at the same time and they spoke to you at the same time. And, you know, if you had an epiphany like that, then, hey, yeah, by all means. But if you haven't had an epiphany, why should one person, one, know all your secrets and all your pains and all your sorrows because you don't know how petty they can be. You only know them. You only know either what you knew of them or what's going on in your life now. You don't really know how that person can be. Women and men too. You know, men, some men are very vulnerable and you use love as an arrow to bring forth love and 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 prosperity and understanding. But love is like a like a double-edged sword and it's also like a boomerang. It can come and hit you in your damn head and knock you out and make you feel stupid for opening your mouth. Some women, some, you push them, they're gonna throw shit in your face. And there's a lot of men who gossip that are worse than women. And men, that is not a cute look for you. That is not a cute look because whatever, when a woman tells you something that's private and a secret and she's confiding in you, well, you know what? You keep it. If you have to throw it in her face, 
one day that you have an argument, then you know what? You're an idiot. And she's an idiot for confiding in you, for making you her best friend. Darlings, darlings, both men and women, if you have best friends, spend time with your best friends. Don't change your routine because you got a man or you got a woman. Men, if you play poker with your friends or you play pool and you do all these things, never stop doing the shit that you do because you think that by being around this person 24 hours a day is going to complete you. If you need someone to complete you or you need something to complete you, go to Burger King, get yourself a Whopper. That will complete you. Yeah. Or go to McDonald's and get a smoothie. That will complete you. Or Carvel, get some ice cream. That will that will complete you. Not one human being can ever complete you. You may think they can, but they can't. Because somehow or another, you're never going to be fulfilled because you're always going to be waiting for the next shoe to drop. And that's why people argue so much. Because people forget. They forget that 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 God has the power to show you he's God, that God wants us all to be happy. He doesn't want us to be miserable. But if you wake up every day and you're like, oh God, I got to go to work and I just hate my job. Well, you know what? If you lose your job, don't cry about it. You bought it out there. You put it out there into the universe and the universe heard you. And you know what? What happened? Instead of being in gratitude, you're not in gratitude. So Therefore, spirit decides you're not in gratitude. Let me take it away from you. And then automatically you're like, oh, my God, I lost my job. And what am I going to do now? Well, you know what? You should have thought about that before you kept spewing out all that negativity. How much you hate your job. The bottom line is, is that God is not a quick fix. I'll be right back. Corey, go to commercial. Hold on a second. We'll be going to commercial in a minute. Are we done? I guess so. Okay. So as I, like I was saying, listen, we talked about this too. My belief, people get mad at me, even family, because they don't like the fact that I said that I don't understand Jesus. I believe in God. I talk to God directly. It's not that I don't understand. The, the thing that I don't understand or I have a problem with is I know that he was a teacher. 
just like Buddha was a teacher, just like, just like uh, Muhammad was a teacher, just like Krishna was a teacher, and so forth and so forth with these uh, demigods. Um, my belief system is just this. Jesus didn't come here to fulfill any type of prophecy that was ours. He came to fulfill, fulfill his prophecy. And I don't believe that his intention was to create, to create something so big that people use it as a tool to destroy other people and have used it for many, many years to destroy vast majority of people. We call ourselves Christians in this country, but the Christians seem to be doing most of the harm. So what kind of Christian are you if you're going to judge if you're gonna talk for God, pretend that you're talking for God, you know, like women having abortions, that's between a woman and God, has nothing to do with man. We have no reason to be getting involved in woman shit, that's women shit. And the people who, who feel so strongly about it, if you feel that strong about it, then go to Nicaragua or go to Peru or go to Brazil or go to Africa or go to Cambodia and adopt a child and stop talking shit because there are millions of children that need parents and all people doing is, oh, well, you shouldn't have an abortion. Well, are you going to take care of that child? No, right? So mind your damn business. It's the same thing. People use God as a tool and Jesus as a tool because it's like, well, you know what? I'm a good person and God watches over me and God will protect me. Well, guess what? If you were really a good person, why do you have to say you're a good person? I don't say I'm a good person. When people say, oh my God, you're such a good person. No, I'm not. I'm not a good person. You don't know me enough to say that I'm a good person. You know how I am. You know my character and what you know of me has been noble. But to be a great person, to be a... No, I'm not. I have a lot of issues and that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. I know them all. You know, I have a thousand issues and I can, I can name them all and I have them all in alphabetical order. And I have 21 personalities and you can, at any day, you can choose one and I will bring it down and let that personality speak to you. So getting back to the Joneses, okay, it's 934. Okay, just remember what I said. If you love someone, you work on it. Just don't give so much of yourself. Life is short. And if you've already done that and been down that road, one that more than once, don't do it again. If you haven't learned anything from that lesson, then you are a fool. Okay. And I don't care who is listening that, that are there that I care about. The bottom line is I've always said that you don't ever leave your friends to go to a new person or date or a date. You don't stop being friends with the people you're friends with. You don't stop your old habits with friends because you got somebody else in your life. No, if they can't exist or coexist within your life and you can't coexist into in their life, then what is the sense? I'm gonna say something really bitchy because this is how I really am. And people that know me personally, they know that I am really like this. When I date someone, which is not often, when I date someone, I don't wanna know their friends. 
I don't care to know their friends. I don't care to know their family members. I don't care to socialize with the people they socialize with. Now you can socialize with mine. I will bring you around my friends, but you're gonna always see me close to my friends. You're never gonna see me apart from my friends. I'm always gonna be in the same table with my friend, hanging out, I'll introduce you. It's up to you to carry a conversation because I'm sorry, you're not Kermit the Frog and I'm not putting my hand up your ass so that you can talk. I'm not doing that. So at the end of the day, when I'm with someone, I'm, I never am a jealous person. I don't look through your wallet. I don't look through your phone. I think that that's an invasion of privacy. And I think that is what makes bad relationships. When you have to spy, when you have to look through people's stuff, that's a no-no. So I don't look through people's wallets. I don't look through people's phone. I don't look at their calls. I don't care. If you're going away for the weekend, you don't have to tell me where you're going. Just say, I'm going out and I'll see you on Sunday. I'll see you on Monday and I will be like, okay. But if you're going to come back and you're going to, oh, well, I did this and I did that. Honestly, I really don't give a shit. I don't care what you did. I don't care who you did it with. I really don't. Honestly, I don't. And I tell you this with a straight face because I really don't care. And that's what makes me different than the people that I socialize with because everybody wants that love connection and I just want to be left alone. I don't mind the sex and I wouldn't mind having a relationship, but I, I would have to be in a relationship in a big house where there are plenty of rooms so that I can find, you know, cause anybody that knows me knows I like to be alone. So I need that quiet time. And when I see quiet, I mean quiet, like I don't want to hear you. I don't want to sit in the sofa and then you're there with me and you're conversating with me and asking me questions. That's not quiet. That's not, I'll get up and I'll just leave because that to me is not quiet. Everyone needs space. Everyone needs a quiet time. When you're too close, too fast, it creates problems. Learn from your past mistakes. Okay. It's 9.37. I got into the habit of doing this because I think that it's something that that is special. And I think that a lot of people, you know, like to know. Like I said, it doesn't matter if I read you last week. You know, you can ask whatever questions you want. And the bottom line is I'll get to you as fast as I can. I, it's three cards. And I'm throwing down the, the first three. So if there is someone that, that wants to know something, please feel free to ask the question. Okay, going once, going twice, going three times. There is someone that needs to hear this information. Might be more than one person, but there's someone out there that needs to hear this information. So the four of cups is letting you know that you cannot be afraid to take that leap of faith. You have to be open and you have to be confident with yourself and know that you've come this far and you've been through a lot of obstacles, but yet you've made it through by yourself. So because you've been able to make it through as a woman or a man on your own, and I don't mean on your own, like not having a partner. What I'm saying is being alone. Like you, you, you worked it out in your head, you did the work and you've come out on the other side. Then you need to do this, okay? 
there's a lot of anger in the 12 of clubs. There's a lot of anger out there. There's a lot of a lot of anger. There's a lot of sadness. People are seeing too much, too much racism and too much destruction. And it's really causing people headaches and, and causing them sadness because, you know, in, in the years that they've been alive, they've never really encountered that. And then all of a sudden now they're starting to encounter um, situations and people that they were not, you know, they were, they didn't realize that they were really racist. Every now and then they heard a comment, but it was nothing major. And now you're starting to see it. And it's not just affecting adults. It's affecting children as well. And it's affecting children in the school system. So always try to teach your children from right and wrong and let them know that, you know, melon is just melon. And, you know, people are just people and you have to respect people. And I say this for any race. I say it for Hispanics. I say it for whites. I say it for blacks because, you know, sometimes we socialize with a, with a lot of a lot of blacks, and a, there's a lot of blacks that don't appreciate us and don't appreciate themselves because if they want to steal other people's identity, um, especially in business, that just speaks volumes of what character they have. And the same thing with Latinos. Latinos do that. They will step on you and they will pin you down and take away your crown because they want to wear your crown. At the end of the day, you have to trust in the process and you have to speak the truth. You have to, we have to confront people and never be afraid to say what you have to say. If you see that they're doing something wrong, it's not about arguing. It's about saying, look, it. you said this. And maybe it might not be that day. You can catch them some other time and say, listen, you said this the other day and I want you to know that I'm aware of it. I didn't appreciate it. I don't think that it was called for and I didn't realize that that's how you felt about things. But now that I do, it's good that I do understand you, but I really choose not to participate around you anymore. Keep it clean. Keep it real. Keep it. Keep yourself focused and you will see how everything will pan out, okay? The Seven of Cups. Well, the Seven of Cups, it tells you that, you know, having rosemary over your door helps to keep things out. Uh, taking spiritual baths, just boiling the, 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 boiling the rosemary and letting it sit until it cools and then using a cup of the rosemary every day Every day you take a shower, just pour it on you. You don't have to, after you wash with soap and water, just pour it on you. It smells lovely. Rosemary smells lovely. And it also, it also is, it's, it brings you good health, but it also brings you luck. So try to keep, you know, either a sprig of rosemary or two sprigs of rosemary over your door. You can actually tie rosemary and cinnamon sticks together and put a red ribbon the, the the rosemary will keep away the negativity and the cinnamon sticks will bring in proper luck and again three cinnamon sticks two sprigs of rosemary put it over your door put it put red string around it tie it nail it up there and keep it there keep it there for a few months once the rosemary dries you go out and buy some new rosemary some new cinnamon stick and do it again okay now, 
I'm shuffling again. So anybody has any question, feel free. Okay. You have a seven of you have two tens that are upside down. And what they mean is the two tens that are upside down, it deals with your intelligence, your smartness. Um, the things that make you become very positive inside of you. But there is like a worm that is around you. Um, you know, uh, metaphorically speaking, there's like a worm that's around you that is like sludge and it's making things, it's making you paranoid, it's making you feel like things are not going right. The devil's busy, remember that. And when people start to think negative, the brain starts to activate itself and it believes that somehow, subconsciously, you're not doing well, so then you're not going to do well. Now, the seven, the seven deals with water and it deals with surrounding with water. You will make it here, but not yet because you're not ready yet. You say that you're ready. You said it many times, but you're not ready yet. When you decide that you truly, truly want to do something for you, not for your children, not for your lady, for you. When you decide that you're ready to do something for yourself, then the opportunity will be the right opportunity. And you will know because spirit will tell you. Question. Does my nephew have a question? <laughs> okay. 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 Now, <clears throat> the first card is the Six of Blades. The Six of Blades, Frankie, is about hypocrisy. It's where the jealousy is born, where the hypocrisy is born, where people see you and they, you know, they see how you dress. They see how you are. They see that you're simple. They see that girls cling on to you and people, people like you. And that bothers them because they, you, you can, maybe you don't have money or maybe you're not, you, you're not working or you're not doing the things that you want to do, or you're not moving where you want to move. But at the end of the day, you have a cushion, you have where to go. You have family. A lot of these people are holes, not just to you, but to their own family. So therefore, the only thing they know is, is a learned behavior. And sometimes what happens with learned behaviors is that when you see somebody that's a shining light, you always want to bring them down because you want to bring them at your level so that they can become at your level. First of all, he's not your friend. So you need to know that that person is not your friend. Okay. And that person has no interest in what you want because he wants what you have. 
And I mean everything. So think about that for a minute. Now in seven, the seven of blades, the seven of blades tells you that you were born blessed and you were, you were born blessed. You are a very spiritual being and you can do so much more with your spirituality. It's just a matter of picking up a book and starting some prayers and you will open up that door that will help you. But don't, don't fret. Whatever you're looking for, as far as helping you financially, it's around the corner. And, you know, starting the 10th of this month, a lot of doors are going to open. But financially, you're not going to be doing well until December. The end is December, beginning of January. But it's only because of the way that your moon rises. The, your moon, the moon rises, and 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 um, and uh, and uh, the planet is in retrograde. So, just know that your doors are open, and you know you're on your way. But you don't don't take things so personal. This you in that aspect. I'm not even going to say you're like your mother, because technically you're like both your mother and your father. Your mother and your father has always have always been kind people. Um, life has made them become, you know, bitter in certain ways. But your mom always, your mom is one that has always liked people to like her. Not because she's trying to buy them or because she's kissing their butt. It's because she's always been that way. And... She's always been a good human being and a good person. And she always has been a good mother and a good provider. So you are like them. You are a very kind person. And Legba is telling you, your roads are open. Your roads are not closed. The only time your roads close is when you start thinking negative. When you start feeling these pity parties for yourself, like, I can't get a job. Or I don't know what's going on. Or maybe my girlfriend this. Or maybe my girlfriend that. Listen, you have no reason to be upset or to be sad or to be inconvenienced because you have somewhere to go. It's not like if you don't have somewhere to go, but you need to understand that when people start treating you, they take when people start taking your kindness for weakness, it's time to cut the apron string. Cut that string because you don't need friends like that. You will you are on a journey. And the and the weirdest part of it all is that you're a mixed child. You're Italian, but you're also Puerto Rican and Cuban. So you, to me, Italians are like, like Hispanics, you know? And you come from a mixed race, but you really don't. I mean, at the end of the day, you're a beautiful child. You're a beautiful man. You turned out to be an amazing human being. You're very much loved, at least this way. I know your mama loves you to death, and so does your father. And people that know you do, but there are some people that are jealous of who you are. So just keep in mind that jealousy is harder against men than it is against women. Just know that, okay? I'm throwing down. Anybody have a question? Come on, guys, because I'm I'm like, okay, try. Thank you so much. Oh, you're quite welcome. 
Anybody have a question? Because we got eight minutes to go. I have three cards here. And I'm waiting for somebody to come up and just claim this these three cards. If not, then I'm going to put it out there because I know that it, it's for someone to listen to. Francesco de Pinto. You're welcome, baby. Just know. Okay, listen, this, 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 this card is the five of cups that deals with family. The nine of clubs that deals with problems upcoming. You don't think you did. You did see it. Don't don't start second guessing yourself. There are things in the sky. We just have to, if we look long enough, we will see them. We will see what's up there. So believe me, don't, don't doubt yourself. Now, the five of cups, it deals with family and it deals with the importance of family. You know, I'm not going to tell you that if your family treats you like crap for you to go out of your way and, and try to convince them to love you if they don't feel love for themselves. But family is important. And if you have a, a, uni, a, a united family, keep it that way. Forget about if they have a comment about someone that you're dating or they don't like the person you're talking to or they don't like, a, a, you know, if you decide today to smoke a blunt and they don't like the fact that you smoke, well, you break it down to them. I'm a grown person or I'm a, you know, whatever. And I'm, I'm of age and I just feel that I enjoy this. So I want to do what I enjoy. And if it offends you, I'm sorry, but that's not my intention. It's not about you. It's about me. You have to always do that with family because that's the only way that you're going to keep grace within the family. Now, the nine of clubs talks about things that are going to be happening soon. Things that are going to be happening. And I mean things like violent things that are going to be happening in New York, happening in California, um, happening in Texas. Uh, and in a lot of, uh, and a lot, and a lot of, uh, a lot of these uh, states that actually have reservations on the states, you know, the Native American, Native Americans could not be killed off. So you, the 12 is a car of, of, of anger, but it's also a card of rebirth, okay? So it's telling you, it's telling people out there, the Native American race wasn't completely demolished. This generation that we live in now, these, these kids that are going to college, and they're educating themselves. They're learning their old languages. They're respecting their elders, even though in a lot of the, the nations, you know, of course, you know, what they learned here by the people that came from the, from, uh, you know, people that came from Europe, the, those alcoholics and the thieves and those rapists and all those people that, that just migrated into this country um whatever idea they thought they need to start rethinking because the native americans are growing again the nations are growing children their children their 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 children their children's children their grandchildren their great-grandchildren they're growing 
And these tribes are starting to unite again. And there are, there are Native Americans that are on television and Native Americans that are singers and Native Americans that go to college and they have platforms and they perform and they go to people go to powwows so they become popular. They're not just about powwows, they're about life. So that message is for people to understand that as the Native Americans, as the Hispanics, as the black race continues to grow and unfold, the Karens of the world will always try to create problems, okay? So I just want you to know that. It is 9.56, I'm going to let you go just a couple of minutes early. I wanna wish you all light and love like I always do. Be blessed, be happy, be cordial to one another and love yourself because if you don't love yourself, who's gonna love you? You have to love yourself, love who you are and if you don't like who you are and you don't love who you are, then change it because only you have the power to change it. And remember, live life to the fullest, be happy, be merry, fill your heart and your mind with love and let everything else go. Angry people will always be angry people. You're not an angry person. Keep moving forward. You are beautiful people, and I look forward to speaking to you next Monday. Peace. Corey Commercial. This is your favorite food alchemist. I am here live. I have Dr. Nadia Brown, and she's going to talk about her writing workshop that's going on in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. She has a book, which I want you guys to know about. It's Leading Like a Lady and How to Shatter the, Your Inner Glass Ceiling by Dr. Nadia Brown. Okay, uh, wonderful book. Uh, she was talking about management and how to break through and what some things that you can do. So she's written this book and she's got a workshop going on May 1st about this. And I wanted you guys to really get an insight. So if you have a book that is inside you and you really want to, <coughs> excuse me, you really want to actually write and so forth, then this would be the perfect workshop for you to go, especially if you're in Arizona. So you would want to attend this workshop because it'll help you 
and guide you with some guidelines on how to write a book, like, you know, the inside, maybe the designs, how to publish the book. Um, so this is really good. And then it also taught show you about your uh, I. ISBN number, which you really need for your book. I don't know if you guys can see that, but when you're writing a book, it's you got to register this book with the library, which is really good. So it's really awesome for you to be able to do that. So it also can, you can also find out your reference material and you get a bar code in the back of your book. Uh, so when you're doing that, so these are important things to know and how to actually present your book is another thing that you need to know. Who is your target audience is another thing that you need to know when you're writing a book. And these are all things that are becoming in a workshop. So as you're developing your book, this is the workshop to go to how to develop, how to get the content, you know, because we all have a book in us. It's just that how do we bring it out? So this workshop will help you. Put those contents like your brain is going all blah, 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 blah. It'll actually put that content that is in your brain that's wobbling around and actually put it in a format where you'll be able to use it. So I'm going to bring in Dr. Brown and she's going to talk about, we want to talk about her book, which I said, amazing book is we talked about leading like a lady and how to shatter your inner glass. Feeling. This is a very important book. I'm telling you, it helped me a lot, even with my women in business conference, gave me a lot of reference facts of like some of the things was like challenges and strategies. Hello, here you go. You need to pick up this book. You need to understand this will help you. It will give you some guidelines. So just saying. And it's wonderful. I love it. You know, we, we're going to go back and forth. So without further ado, we're going to bring in Dr. Brown. I'm sorry to take up so much of that time. How are you, my dear? <laughs> I am great. How are you? You cracked me up. <laughs> I just wanted them to know what's going on. This is like, this helped me out a really a lot because, as you know, I know about business but how to help women in business, that was not a forte of mine. And actually, one of my challenges was actually standing up. And as you notice, when we went to Summit, I'm not used to talking in front of people on a camera, different, but actually standing up there and going, my, man, my brain goes, it shuts down. And then right. on the show, it kind of shut down again. It's like, okay, I'm actually talking to all these women. But when I'm on my show, because I'm comfortable. So it's different. So this book gave me a lot of insight and a lot of things of mine and words like we use and the vibration that we use. And people don't think that they matter and how you carry yourself in confidence. So that was very crucial for our, actually for our meeting this morning for women in business. So thank you so much uh, for being to be on here. I really appreciate that. Thanks so, for together. <laughs> so I want them for people that don't know Dr. Nadia Brown. Uh, she's an author. She's an entrepreneur. She's been in 
the with the corporate world for quite some time so she knows the dynamic of what it takes and being that she published this book she knows about how to get it out there what it takes the steps because her book is out there and not only is her book and it's in Barnes and Nobles. You can pick up this book as well as picking it up from herself. Now, some of the books nowadays are just coming out on Amazon and ebook. They're not like they used to be in Barnes and Noble, but you have this wonderful opportunity to learn how to actually get your book in Barnes and Noble. That's something we all need to know about. That's just me. Okay. <laughs> So, so tell them a little bit about yourself, um, but I don't know, like, where are you from? Absolutely. So thanks again, Chef Ceci, for having me on the show. Um, again, um, entrepreneur, I'm the founder and CEO of Doyen Leadership Institute. I work with women in corporate, women entrepreneurs, women CEOs, we're doing our thing. It's fabulous. Um, and one of the questions that I honestly hadn't expected. So this kind of took me by surprise. And I honestly, I hate to admit it, but I resisted it for a long time, was once I finished my book, people had questions, how do I do that? And I was like, that is not what I do. <laughs> so why, you know, why are you asking me all these questions? But I've had clients who we may be working on a different project in their business, but a lot of times it'll still circle back and we talk about books, what's the process, how do I get it written? What do I need to do to get it out there, get it published? How do I have my book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, the iBookstore? How do I make it available globally? Um, I was just telling my husband last night that our book sales in the UK are actually picking up. So that's really exciting um, to just see these different things taking place. I know I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so it's, it's really nice to be able to have it, but there, there I learned that the hard way in terms of, I didn't necessarily have someone walking me through all these steps. So I did the research, I made decisions based on my big vision, not only for the book, I knew that there were more books that I was gonna write, but also for my business. Um, and that's why, so some of the things we'll cover is ISBN, you have a number of different options. And when authors reach out to me, I ask them, what is the vision of your book? because that will drive your decision to purchase an ISBN and have you be the owner of that ISBN and what does that look like? Do I need to have a business entity? There are reasons why that might be beneficial that to your advantage. So again, these are some, the business side of it is just as important as actually doing the writing. And I think sometimes we get so focused on, I have to write, which is important, um, but, there's a business piece to that too, which means taxes. <laughs> the IRS wants their share. What does that look like? Depending on, I know our first workshop is actually in person regarding this subject, but definitely looking at what happens when we start talking to people outside of Arizona. But in Arizona, you're looking at, we have state taxes and you need a business license and there are certain things you have to do around getting those that in place before you actually start selling your book, especially at events such as the summit and things like that um, to keep you out of legal trouble because you don't want that headache. And so just walking people through that because there's so many little nuances to actually producing a quality book. Um, and just because you self-publish doesn't mean that your book has to look like it's homemade. Like there are ways that you can publish 
a very professional, well-polished product that people really love and enjoy. And like you said, get it out there. So I am just super excited to share my knowledge. I put together a checklist. Um, like I said, I've had clients who we work with one-on-one -on -one with doing books and I've talked through them through the checklist and here's what you need to do. And part of it was, this may be selfish, like here's a checklist, take it, go forth and do whatever you want to do. And people came back like, no, I have questions about this and this. And so it'll be a great time to come and get your questions answered. If you're working on a book project, bring it with you so we can take a look at where you are. Marketing is a huge piece of it. Like you mentioned, you have a show. I do a lot of speaking around the country. And so our marketing plan may look a little different from someone who doesn't have that. How can you start making money on your book before you finish the book? I did that. I had sold books before I even finished writing the book. How do you do that? And I'll let you in on a little secret. There is nothing more motivating to get that book done than when you've taken someone's money and they're expecting an actual finished product. Um, so there are all these different ways to leverage marketing your book. There are ways and strategies to actually get the writing done in a relatively short amount of time. It doesn't have to take years to write your book. But if you've been working on it for years, that's not a bad thing either. We can get it done. By the end of 2015, you can have a solid book ready to go um, in all these different formats. And we'll talk about that too. How do you have the book in the print version, which Chef Ceci held up and shared that. But then also the book, like my book is available, Kindle, Nook, iBook. So you can have the also the virtual books um, formats as well to leverage that and there's a process there are certain things you need to know and understand when you put together your timeline and we'll talk about all of that at this workshop so yeah while i know it's only three hours we're going to be we're going to hit the ground running and get a lot covered so i hope you can uh, can make it out well i will be there i will definitely be there because i i i'm working on two books and one is about the body, the face, and it's just starting with the head. And we, we take a lot for granted and how to diagnose and how to treat and stuff that I just think about that you do every day. I thought everybody knew about pulling. And my friend said, pulling? I said, you don't know what pulling is? She was like, oh. like, oh, everybody does. You know, I'm thinking, oh, well, don't you wash your eyes? Don't you do an eye wash? Huh? And I said, okay. And I'm scratching my head because this is something I've been doing for a long time and I just take for granted that everybody knows. Oh, well, if your tongue is this way, well, you know that something's wrong, right? No. Okay, <laughs> if your teeth is this, you know, I'm just, and I'm going, okay, they don't know. And it shocked me. I said, okay, well, that's one book to explain that. Then I said, okay, well, we were talking about the alchemy book, which talks about the, all the different holistic treatments and which they can seek out and help them with. So I was like, okay, well, I need to get these done. And I need to get these done during the summer. Well, I'm going to be traveling. And to me, this would be the perfect time to work on these books. So in my retreat that we do in Belize, guess what? They'll understand a lot more and have them with that. So it works perfectly with that soul, when you're writing a book, you want it to go with something, which you're saying you, it gave you motivation to actually write. Like a lot of people don't know that, like, oh, you can collect the money before. Or they have, what is that thing? Um, 
go fund or fund me or something like that and it necessarily doesn't have to be like that so i know that you're going to give them other avenues to yeah. work with and especially about publishing and editing editing is so important yeah. I talk about that because i'm gonna tell you my first book there was a lot of editing mistakes and i trusted someone else and i to do that and when it came out it was it for me it was not how i would visualize and it looked like a little kid's book so i'm like oh wow you want to step it up a notch and you can help them decide if books come in different like this like eight by eleven and you know ten yeah. by five or whatever and how the words and the gloss and non-gloss and all that stuff i was not familiar with that when i started writing the book i was like oh what okay right. <laughs> so these are the questions that you're going to be able to answer for them because we don't think about it it's just okay well i got this book down well yes now what is the next step and how to choose the appropriate publishing company or to do self-publishing and still let it be like you said look proper like an adult book not a child book but <laughs> for a published book for it to look really great and that's something that we need to know everybody has a book but they don't know the next step mm -hmm. and i know in those three hours they're going to come with a concept as well to be able to finish and know where to go from there which is really amazing um and what the difference about pdf form mm -hmm. and converting so these are the questions that i know people are going to ask you you know uh if i don't have pdf form can it be done in a notepad and transferred or can i do it uh handwritten you know old school you know how does that translate do i get a dictator you know these are a lot of things that i know i had as a, a question i just dictated my book and sent it to somebody with the pictures and the recipes okay and i didn't check back so i'm liking that you're going to be able to explain to them how to go back and make sure your book is developing what you want it to do and having that clear crystal communication which is going to be awesome. yes it is huge i'm glad you brought up editing because honestly editing would probably be when you look at your budget your biggest expense um and you want to get a good editor and there are different types of editors so i won't get bogged down in those details but you definitely want to make sure like you said what you have an editor to go back and correct those grammatical and spelling mistakes or things and it's not that you're not a good writer or you're not intelligent it's just that you're too close to it this is your baby you're way too close to it you have all this information up here that you've had in your head for so long and now you're sharing it and your finger you're, you're typing but your fingers can't keep up with your brain and you just don't see what you don't see because you're working on this a lot of times day in and day out and so you need to be able to step away from it. So it's nice to be able to now hand it off to someone. They look through it. And now when you look through it again, you can look through it with fresh eyes. And so, yeah, it's just, and it's, and then you sit there and you go back and you're like, how in the world did I miss that? You know, it's just simple stuff. And again, we're human. And so I encourage everyone 
to make the investment in getting a fabulous editor to look through, and then you'll have to also look at who's going to lay out the book, how the book, like you said, looks on the pages. Do you want breakout quotes? Do you have pictures? Right. This is so great to understand uh, about the format of the book. So when people... Go ahead. So yeah, there's so many different options that you have, and it's those are where the details really get into. And we talk about your timeline. So things that you can, can think about when you're looking at your timeline, especially when you start doing pre-sales. I plan to have my book done by September. Then let's work backwards so we can build in some cushion because you need time for the editor to look it over. You may need to add some stuff. Then they need to look it over. Now you need to have it laid out. Which format is going to be first? Is it going to be available on Kindle? first for 90 days and then you'll make it available in other places like there are different promotions that you can do there are different launch strategies that you can have but let's think about all that because there are some bumps that you may hit along the way take it from me I had my own share of bumps along the way um, to getting it launched but so just sharing those strategies and like you said you have book ideas in your head other people will come with theirs and one thing I just wanted to point out, Ceci, is we actually are going to be a small group. So we won't have more than 20 people in the room. So this is really a time for you to get some personalized attention, um, really get your questions answered, get going on that book project. So even if you haven't started and it's just an idea, come. You can, we'll walk away with my checklist that I put together from my private clients. I will share that information with you so you will have something in hand when you walk away. And literally, I've had clients come to me and they're like, here's my checklist, and they just check off what they've done, and they just roll through it. I also have resources, because I am not an editor. I am not a book cover and graphic designer. I'm not your layout specialist. Those are not my things, but I've worked with people, so I have wonderful recommendations for people to connect with, and then you let them know that you um, were referred by me. And they'll be more than happy to assist you with your book project. So definitely come out and it will it will be worth every penny. I have friends look at me and say, how much are you charging for that? You know you can charge much more, but it's just something I'm really passionate about. Um, and just excited to just help people because I see. Yes, I love that. So many people just came out here. Will you talk to me about how you got your book started? I have more questions around some of these little things that need to get done. And I'm like, oh, let's just do this. Do this. Click here. Click here. Press here. Done. You're ready. And it's just like, it was that easy? Yes. <laughs> it was that easy. So I think sometimes the fear of the unknown is what keeps us from getting our projects done. I know before I wrote my book, no. So it was a little scary. But now that I've gone through that process, I've done my homework. I can answer <laughs> your questions. Um, let's just come and have a conversation and know it's going to be a small, intimate group. Um, like I said, not more than 20 people. We'll have refreshments. We won't let you starve to death <laughs> while you're in the class. It's a beautiful location. We're going to be up in uh, Scottsdale at Ganey Ranch. Beautiful, beautiful location. And just come, bring your project, and let's just get it done. Don't let another year go by where you end the year and you have not finished your book. See, I like that. So tell them the exact address where you're located and what the time is it is going to be from one to four. Yes. Um, 
so that they will be able to know that it's in Scottsdale, Arizona. That's for you people. Arizona's, you need to get up on this quickly while you can. So maybe we can talk her into actually actually doing a course online. You know, I'm just putting that out there, feeding you. <laughs> so. I'll think about it. <laughs> But yeah, so we are meeting next Friday, May 1st, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. We'll be at Ganey Ranch. And that address is 7600 East Ganey Club Drive in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. The cost of the event, your investment, is only $59. You cannot beat that with a stick. And we will, some of the topics that we'll cover are the exact strategy, what strategy I use. It may not work for you, so we'll talk about your style and put together a customized strategy just for you. When, why, and how to purchase your ISBNs, there's a process for that. Why and how to establish a business entity before publishing your book. I look this one, licenses, fees, taxes, oh my. <laughs> right, and that's- All about the fees. Yes, because you have to have a budget, but you also don't want to get a call from the IRS. Um, marketing strategies and much more. So come with your questions. Like I said, we're going to have a very small group. Um, if you want to email me ahead of time your questions so you can make sure, like Dr. Nadia, no, no, I want you to make sure that you get my questions answered. Do that, and we will def definitely make sure that you are well taken care of. Okay, I like that. So the, we're going to do this. And like I said, this is Dr. Mario's book. <laughs> let me show y'all. I don't know if y'all can see this. Y'all see this pink? Let's see. This is this what makes us stand out when you go to business meeting. So this is this is an example of her work of showing she knows what she knows. So she speaks the talk, she walks the talk, and now she's got this book published. Hello. Look how it's beautifully laid out. Like I said, I was trying to show them like the IBN number and, you know, the things, how it's done and the spacing, which is very important when you're writing a book and the table of contents, you know, that is very, very important, your table of content. And some books actually don't have them. Uh, my book didn't have it. Uh, so, and then they'll explain about why there's a blank sheet on the back of the book. So that's important to know too. Like I said, it's all about the formatting, uh, the font size you have to choose, uh, the not only the, the sizes, everything of how you want it to be. Do you see the different fonts that's there? This looks like a Lucindia, Luc, uh, Luc, Lucindia writing. Uh, looks like, but I don't know. And this looks like air, uh, like either Roman times or Arial. These are different fonts that you can use. And look how this is that it actually looks like it's shattering the word. This is very important when you're writing a book because it stands out. You know, she doesn't just like, well, book is one color. It's look pink up at top, eating like a lady. And then the brown, how to shatter the inner glass thing. And it looks like glass is really shattering. So that's very important when you're writing a book. And they're going to help you. She's going to help you how to catch capture that audience. Because we as a, I call us micro society, uh, society where, oh, if you don't have it this minute, we're gone. But 
you're catching your attention right there where it's devastating. I think we all have what they call ADD, ADHD. Like we're just, oh, if it doesn't catch your attention, we're gone because it didn't right away catch us to grab our attention. So how you write your book is very important and how you present it and the tone. Um, yeah. Are you going to put it in? People don't realize, are you going to put it, are you going to write in the third person? Are you going to write it in the first person? Are, you know, what personality are you going to write this book in? And how you come from? Is it going to be your experience? Is it, is it going to be research? And if it's research, um, is that your audience? You got to have the verbiage to be able to write these books in that verbiage that people understand if you're writing to a kid you got to be able to put it in their terms even though you're the adult writing a kid's story so what voice you use is very important and then you can discuss this with her write questions like she said you have questions email her write her talk to her when you come in a workshop just don't come in empty-handed okay because you want to come in with some kind of knowledge of like, okay, this is what I want to do. If you want to write this book, you come in. Okay, I'm 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 I'm, I'm my book. Uh, I got my questions. I got my pen. I want to be ready. This is this is very important. You want to have some solid questions that you yourself thought about, you know, because this is serious business. When you put this out, um, it's you. This is a representation of you and who you are. That's what it says. This is me. Here I am. I am transparent as can be. So you want that. So have your questions. How do I make myself approachable? Supposing you're just a, you know, aloof or don't not a very personable person. There are some people like that that are introverted, don't like people, but like to explain what they have but they don't know how to come across people. These are the questions that you write down. How do I make my book be personable? Um, just, you know, giving you some questions and some things that you can do. It, it'll help. It, it's going to help in the long run. I'm telling you, you're going to get the questions that you need and you're going to get only 20 people. It's very personable. So it's not like 150 people going into a room. And you know how that is, like you go into like going to college. Oh, I'm going to college and your your head is down. You do not make a difference. You're you you can't raise your hand because they're trying to address so many general questions, but you're getting basically one on one, twenty to one, and a resource list. So information already, Q and A's that have been asked already in person, and you have that list and you have the resources that you first you want to take your time and look and read what she has and listen to what's going on. And then even in the dialect as she's talking, you can write down your questions. And then, you know, raise your hand, have a question, and approach it, you know have some kind of format and if you don't she can help you make an outline of some questions about your book okay well i want to write about hair no i don't really want to write about hair but you know <laughs> you know <laughs> you know but that's some key things like what makes a difference what what makes your story different than anybody else Mm -hmm. And that's where you stand out. So this is why you want to go to the workshop. This is why you want to be part of it. May is here. You know, Mother's Day is here. What better way to start Mother's Day, the summer, graduation, 
all the things of new, of a new season, summer equinox, than to put it on fire with a book that's within yourself, that maybe by the winter, you have it done. Know your deadline. And also she can tell you about being commit, committed and writing a book, dedicating that time of writing your book no disturb, no phone calls, shut yourself in the door, turn the phone off, do whatever you got to do. Setting up an area of how to write your book and when you're going to do it and letting people know I cannot be disturbed or, you know, even going to a park. So these are some of the things that you want to be aware of that you can actually write your book. You don't necessarily have to be at home if you're a mom because, you know, mom this, mom that, you know, auntie, uh, grandma, da-da-da, da-da-da. And then the phone rings. Well, when you're going to get in your moment, turn your phone off and let people know I'm not going to be available from this time or this time. Set it up like you have an appointment with yourself. Like I tell people, do you date yourself? I know people think it's crazy. I date myself a lot. I just go to the movies by myself. Have that me time. Date yourself. But also write in your time when it's your time and just sit down and devote it which people don't think about. Is that what you did when you wrote your book? Did you have a me time or set up schedule time or you just, once it start flowing, it just went? Well, that's a great question. Um, I, I would add one, know yourself. So for me, the best time for me to write is early in the morning before I get started with my day. So I would get up at some pretty insane hours um, to get my writing done. The hardest part is getting started. Once you get started, the ideas just really start to flow. Um, I wanted to circle back to some other comments that you made. One, I love my book cover, and I can't take credit for it. <laughs> I have a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous cover designer, and I was probably the worst client he ever had because all I told him was I want pink and a glass stiletto. Like I didn't tell him anything else until he produced the final product. I was like, oh, I love it. So, um and that's one of the things we talk about, getting a fabulous designer who can really encapsulate, capture the vision that you have for your book and put it out there um, for your cover. The other piece I wanted to just add is what better way to establish yourself as a leader and an authority in your industry than by producing a book. Having a book has just continued to add to my speaking engagements. I was just invited to be part of a radio show this week and she was like, oh my gosh, I love your book. I love your title Will you talk about that. And so it has definitely helped me to grow my business, to help get the word out for me. And again, we sold books internationally. So, and I haven't had to leave Arizona. So I haven't had to brave the cold or be on a plane for many, many hours to sell a book and to reach people across the world. So what better way to get your story out? And like you even mentioned, Ceci, there are things that you know that we take for granted People don't know about these things. Sharing your story to encourage other people is so powerful. And you think no one's interested, no one cares. And some of the stories that I shared in my book that I thought, oh my gosh, the only person that really cares about that is me, only to find out that others have requested that story. Like, I want to hear more about this. Tell me, Nadia, share your granny story. Share the colors. Share this. And I'm like, really? You know, don't you want to hear about these technical? No, we don't care about all that. Share this. So. You'll be surprised at what people actually take away from your book. But it's, it's truly a labor of love. There is some discipline that is, needs to be in place. 
Um, I love your idea of just getting away. Coffee shop, park, anywhere away from home. It's amazing how much, how important washing dishes becomes when you're, you're supposed to be writing. Um, and so just doing all of those things to get your message out. So I can't wait. As we talk about, I get more and more excited. I'm like, just says, see, I got to go put my PowerPoint together so we can be ready for next week's presentation. So again, send me your questions ahead of time if you have, if you know what your questions are, or if not, just bring them with you. You'll get that personalized attention to make sure you get all of your questions answered and you're able to walk out ready to get that book done. We'll talk real numbers. What does an actual budget look like? Where are some areas you might want to consider, depending on how much time you have, how to work that out. Um, it doesn't, it's not as expensive as it may seem. Um, and so how does that work? So we'll definitely talk about all of those different things and just some of the hidden things that you might not expect. So there were some expenses that I bumped into that I hadn't planned for. And so again, learn from my mistakes, learn from my bumps in the road, um, but also learn from my successes. I was able to have a successful launch. Um, we did a pre-launch at pre-sales, had a book party, celebrated it. It was fabulous. And so there have definitely been those successes as well. And it's nice to just get those emails and those royalty checks saying, oh, there's been money deposited into your account while you were sleeping. So um, that's also nice. <laughs> and your book becomes your part of your brand, which people don't realize too. That could help them in business because it says they're they're an expert now. Yeah, like, you, know, you are. My question is, okay, now how can the people pay? Can they pay when they come to the event? This is something that really, really like, can they pay when they come to the event and RSVP there? Or can they pay by PayPal? Or can they pay by uh, Visa? How can they pay? How does it work? Or how would it work for you? We have a registration page where you can pay by PayPal. Um, so you can have that covered. If for whatever reason you need to pay um, at the door, please let us know that you're coming so we can make sure we have materials, we have refreshments, we can let this, the um, site know that we're going to have X amount of people so that you don't feel like you've been overlooked. So just let us know ahead of time so we can manage all that. But, um, and actually I'll just post it here so you'll have the link to, um, to go online and register. So we'll know that you're coming here in the chat box. Okay. It's also on my website. So if you go to doyenleadership.com slash events, you will, you will be able to um, register there. So you'll see May 1st we're having a, a workshop and it'll say register here. Click the link. It'll take you to the registration page and then you can um, get registered. But again, we, we have spaces limited. We can't have more than 19 people. So we are limited. We're really limited to a small group. So again, let us know ahead of time if you're going to be there. Um, let us, uh, but we prefer that you just go ahead, pay online so we have it covered and we can make sure that your materials and your refreshments are taken care of. That makes sense. Now, see, that'll be there because I'll be there and I'm going to see how many other people want to come because I know when I go, I like to bring people with me. Some, uh, well, you know, I bring my, usually bring my daughter, my assistant with me. <laughs> but unfortunately, Friday is her, um, class so she'll be in class on friday so she college courses so it's not like i can drag you know my child and say you you gotta miss class to go with mom <laughs> <laughs> 
But usually that's what I do. I take my baby with me and she'll learn. And it's it's always hard because she's got a lot of books. And uh, just she writes all the time. She just sits there and writes books all the time. And um, I've been doing that since I've been a kid. And then think about it, like, who would actually want to read my books? And they would be 100 and 200 and 36 pages my mother be like okay now what are you doing again have all these stacks of three books and they're like 500 pages she's like and this is one story so when i went into the service my mom had 22 books of me and writing 500 page stories wow and she didn't know what to do with them so she threw them in the trash and she was like well they were you know well, she, you know, she got to remember, she didn't think it was that important. It was just that I was writing because that's all I did. I was, I was very, I would always write. Oh, I would create a story. It was like, well, I didn't like romance stories. And I said, oh, I can just change. I didn't like recipes. Or, you know, I, I, I didn't like how that history was. I didn't like reading about the Tibetan, you know, monks and the Enochs and stuff like that. And I, I, I was weird as a kid. I'm telling you. Just, <laughs> Kind of stuff that you see and i'm like oh wow they did that to people wow and i would just write about it and my mother goes okay you know it was just like what is this child doing and it's like oh well i just wrote it because i felt like it so and it's okay because it helped me write more stories of cookbooks and understanding so when i read i'm in a better as i say in a better place of writing so that helped that just lingered to my gift and my child does the same thing and she's like mom i don't like these stories i said then write something better she's like huh i said if you don't like something don't complain about it turn it around where you want to it doesn't necessarily have to be that way write what you want and write the ending that you wanted to oh you know so everybody has a book if you have a daughter that is 16 or 17, this would be the perfect opportunity to bring them to this workshop. So writing is not just for the older crowd, it's for the young crowd. And they have books they wanna share and some people with medical issues. This is also a perfect workshop for them because they're telling it from a child's point of view and it's gonna be well received by their peers because of what they're writing. So mom and dad, if you're out there, I'm saying this is an opportunity not only for you as the adult, but as a child for them to get their voices heard and writing. If you see, have a child that's always writing, this is a perfect workshop. If you have a child just has this great imagination that says, you know, I want to be this awesome writer and sci-fi, this to be a perfect workshop to you to all hone in in all these skills and be able to put it on a piece of paper or somebody else's reading and understanding. That is my advice uh, to everybody. You can do it. Don't, don't let your fears. Step outside your fears, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Fear is just an illusion. That's what I tell people. Fear is an illusion. Anything that's negative is an illusion. Everything positive is your reality. That's how I see it. I know people are like, oh, when I say love and light and possibilities and that you're wonderful i really mean that because you are wonderful because i think i am i'm i think i'm the greatest thing since i split if you, you know what i mean so i want you to think you're the greatest thing since they invented a rock <laughs> you know 
that's that's it's about having that confidence and self-assurance and when you're writing that it comes across in your book which is very important so i want you to, to also talk to them about the Danier leadership exactly what you do and how it helps a lot of people in the community but also not only in the community, but outside the community because you're reaching more people. Just not in your community, but you're going outside. You're do, you did Phenomenal Woman, uh, business uh, business um, adventure. You're doing this workshop. So you're really, you did the Success Summit. So you're really doing great things. And then I know you have something coming up for the retreat with the naturopath that you have going on. So, you know, explain some things about them so they really know exactly, you know, where you're at so they can go, okay, they understand where you're coming from. Absolutely. So, um, again, I'm the founder and CEO of Joyen Leadership Institute. Um, Joyen stands for, it means uh, standout woman leader. So I really focus on helping women embody their authentic leadership style, being confident as women leaders, but also just embodying and owning our strength as women in leadership. Um, and that's not just indicative, obviously, to women in corporate America, but I also work with entrepreneurs. So one of our projects that I just have to sometimes zip it is that we're working on an academy specifically for women entrepreneurs and CEOs around our unique needs in the marketplace, our unique needs as business owners, and how do we get our businesses going because research shows that only about 10 to 12 percent of us ever surpass six figures a hundred thousand dollars which in our in society today that isn't a ton of money but it does put you in a good position to do things that have a greater impact um as Ceci mentioned i am always on the go all over the country so some recent events i spoke i was a keynote speaker at the phenomenal woman empowerment conference i spoke at the success masters summit i am also um doing this writing workshop. I'll be a speaker at the Powwow Retreat on the weekend of May 16th. Fabulous retreat. That's also going to be in Scottsdale. So if you're in town and want to get away, definitely do that. Um, I'm hosting my own retreat in October. We'll be over in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California for five and a half days right there on the beach. So I am so, so, so excited about that. And again, just doing workshops, webinars, seminars, whether it's in person or over the web or video. Um, we're doing, I'm doing more videos. So I just launched this week the Leading Like a Lady 101 series where we're talking about what does it mean to lead like a lady? What are some of the challenges that we're doing? And I have the exact opposite challenge of Sissy. I don't like video. <laughs> so for me, it's taking me out of my comfort zone to sit down and record videos and then share it on YouTube and share it in social media. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but when I'm in the front of the room, it's a completely different experience. But I'm getting, you know, getting out of my comfort zone. How do I leverage it? I can't be everywhere at the same time. So there are things that we're getting put in place right now to um to help me have a greater reach, a greater impact. And I just want to note that while I typically work with women mostly, uh, the writing workshop is not limited to just women. We actually had a man register today. So fellas, don't think that this is an excuse. I know I wear a lot of pink. My book is pink. My cards are pink. But <laughs> this is your book. And this is your project. And it can be whatever color you want it to be. Um, so this is open to both men and women. Come on out, enjoy the workshop. Definitely go get registered. Space is limited. 
people are registering, so we, we're, we're expecting to fill this up and sell out um, because people have books. They have stories they want to share. They've been sitting on this, and I'm not there about the fluff. I just want to tell you how to get it done. Uh, so let's just get in here. Let's talk about how to get it done. What do you need? What resources can I connect you with to help you um, to move to move forward, which I really like. So, that's awesome. Well, the, the camera freezes from now, now and then. So this, so when you freeze, I kind of talk. So that's why you hear me talking. <laughs> it's just one of those things, like I tell them, it's a technical glitch. I don't, yes. I don't really talk all the time, but you know, technical glitch. I'm, I'm learning. This is, um, I really only recently started doing a lot of Google Hangout. Um, I usually do it on Skype and do a lot of my uh, calls on Skype um, and record on Friday. And then I said, you know, I'm, rec I'm representing a brand on Friday, but am I fully representing my brand? Mm -hmm. So this is me representing the Food Alchemist brand and bringing to everyone what I feel they need to know and giving them information um, by doing video and doing the Google Hangout so people can come in and chat and be personable um, and have the questions answered like, okay, you know, like, what is it going to cost? You know, like, what do I do? And things like that so people will really get the hang of this because this is something new it's, to me this is almost like uh, back in the day they used to have a uh paypal no no pal play pal or it was some kind of networking thing and i would be talking to somebody in ireland and another person and um pal talk that's what it's called mm -hmm. ireland and france and I, I was just i love it it was like oh yes <laughs> Be talking to them, and that—that's my thing. I, I mean, I love talking to people from different countries. I always have, and I've been doing it. My daughter's twenty-three. Oh, I've been doing this for twenty years, talking to people on the internet. But this time of actually, this is different. It's—it's it's old, but it's new. Does that make sense? Like pal talk. You go in a room and you sit there and you talk to people. Where this is, this is my own personal room, and you come and you talk to me. So this is good. So now when you do your one-on-one -on -one sessions, um, are they going to be live? Are they going to be live sessions with you that they're going to be able to talk with you on camera? Say that or one more time. Are your, the one, the one-on-one -on -one session, like Donna Leadership 101 is, are the people going to be able to talk with you one-on-one? -on -one? or like answer questions, are you gonna do a Q&A and then talk to them? Or are they gonna be able to be in and be live and be part of the audience? Um, it depends. Um, so typically like in June we're planning, we haven't released the advertising yet, but we're planning to do another webinar. Um, okay. Right now the platform that I use, it's not set up this way where you can see me, um, but you, you are able to see the PowerPoint presentation. Um, you also have the ability to ask me questions either over the phone or there's a chat box where you can upload questions and then I can read them and answer them that way. Um, we're looking at some exploring some different platforms to kind of give us a little more wiggle room 
So we'll see. Uh, when I work with my one-on-one clients, um, our private clients, we typically typically just jump on the phone. Um, but like you said, I love Skype, so I use Skype too. So if we want to do a Skype call, we can. Or if they're local, we can always meet in person at a coffee shop or something. But typically, we're we're moving, we're busy. I'm on the go. I'm liable to not be in town. So we just have to leverage whatever technology is available to us to um, to get it out there. So yeah, I'm definitely flexible. See, and that's good to know. You know, so ladies and gentlemen, so I'm gonna give you your your website where people can contact you. So yes, my website is doyenleadership.com and doyen is spelled D as in David, O Y. D. Okay. D-O-Y-E-N-N-E leadership.com. And if you go to the events tab, again, you'll see the information for the workshop. You'll see the registration link. It'll talk to you about some of the things we'll cover. Um, and it'll allow you to go ahead and get registered. And then if you want to send your questions, you can reach me at Dr. Nadia at doyenleadership.com. And that is D-R-N-A-D-I-A. So go ahead, get those questions in so we can customize this workshop just for those people that will be in attendance. And again, gentlemen, you are welcome. You are invited. This is not an excuse to stay home and hide out. Um, but come on out, get your book done, and let's make it happen. I like that. See, so you guys didn't even think you're a part of the equation. You're a leader, too. You got a book in you. Hey, hey. I'm doing my little dance. <laughs> so we're going to include everybody, like I said, from the young to the old. Everybody has something, a story they want to tell, which is really wonderful. So um, I wanted to say, is there... Hmm. Anything else? We talked about your book. Uh, we talked about your workshops. We talked about who you are and where you're going to be and how they can contact you. Do you have any advice out there for people right now that are writing their book? What would you give the advice would you give them? I would just say keep going. Keep writing. Um, it's a process. Don't compare yourself to other people. Their journey is different. And actually, each book journey, what what worked for me when I wrote the first book is not working with this second book. Um, and I have to be okay with that. You know, you make the adjustments, life happens, but just keep going. Don't give up. See, that's wonderful. And everybody needs to hear that. Not only about your book, but in life and your business. Do not give up and do not compare yourself to other people that have been in business. You might think they just sprang up, but you don't realize somebody might have been doing this for 15 years where it's finally taken them 15 years to cap off. So everybody has different experience for a reason. So I want you guys to be aware of that and pat yourself on the back and yes. say you're doing a good job. Even if nobody's patting yourself, patting you on the back, you pat yourself on the back. You be that rah-rah, be your own cheerleader. And know that anything that you want, you can accomplish, whether it be your book, your business, and the things that you want to go. And don't let someone tell you or define who you are and what you are or your business. You be the head person of what your business and what you want to be defined as. That's my advice to everybody. Yeah. You know, I'm like, it's, it's different. And that's what I learned. You know, it's my road is different than your road. And. And I don't like to compare myself. 
And, you know, back in the day, I used my thing was I was always worried about what other people thought because I didn't want them. I was a people pleaser. I didn't want people to be disappointed. And then as you get older, as my Alice uh, would say, as you get older, you don't care what people think. Right. What you think and what matters to you. And I'm young saying this. So she was about 73, my Aunt Alice, the sweetest Southern woman you ever want to meet. And meaning... She'll cuss you out in one minute and love you in the next. <laughs> <laughs> but meaning that when she said her words, they were with meaning and she meant them with love. But if you disrespect her, she's a real Southern woman, you know, and she didn't play. So that stuff that you can get on over on the other people with up north, don't try that with her. It just didn't work. And that's why I love them. She could bake, she could cook and speak her mind and very boisterous when you think of her. She smoked back in the day before women were really supposed to be smoking. I don't agree with that, but that's what she did. <laughs> she knew how to make, a, what is it, moonshine and peach cobblers and cannon. She was just, uh, she's one of those aunts that everybody wants, some aunties everybody want to have and always encouraging to the girls as well as the boys and being so spiritual and understanding so if you don't have someone like that take that character and put it in the back of your mind and use it as your character if that you need to be pat on and to uplift yourself you know and keep it moving don't worry about it don't worry about what they're thinking because sometimes we don't have that support. Sometimes you got to make your own support. And that's another thing. You know, going to this workshop, you're going to develop a relationship with people that you might see there that is going to be able to help you in the long run or you're going to help them and be their pat on their back or be their support and be encouraging because you're you're close now. When you come in a close group, you you build up relations and a, a relationship and it's there. And it's just not there for the moment. So when you go to something like this, this is what you need. Um, that's just what I'm saying, you know. So I want people to be aware. You're building relationships as you go, and they're going to be positive, especially when you're writing a book. When you're writing a book, it, it's very – you're having a relationship. That's your baby, like you said. You know, everything is important of what you have to say. Yeah. So. And that's what I say to people. I want people to know. I want to thank Dr. Nadia Brown for being on my show and talking about her workshop. We're going to post this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be on YouTube, of course, but we're going to post this on Facebook. We're going to put this in some of these writers on Facebook so you'll get to see this. So people out there, this is why it's there. I want you to go there. I want you to be able to go to the workshops and some of these things so you'll get an understanding. You can contact her as a leader, as a woman in business, as well as a fellow sister and men too. Like you said, she said she's she's working on it. You know, this you can come to. So it's not just a woman's thing. It's not a woman's party. It's a it's an everybody writing party. So you yes. can come, you have a book inside of you and you want to publish, contact her. And you might even be able to contact her where she can help you on a consultation side of actually getting a book if you can't make it to the workshop. We want you to make it to the workshop, but if not, you can reach out to her and see if she would do consultation with you and help you on the side. I, so I, work, 
private clients who put together their book. So that is an opportunity for continued support. But if you just want to get out and get some information and hit the ground running, just come to the workshop and let's get it done. There you go. See? Can't can, can beat that. So everybody, I don't want to say love, light, life, longevity, and always much prosperity to all of us. Just not me, but all of us. And I'm your favorite food alchemist, and you've been with me on Food Alchemy channel. Thank you, everyone. And I want to say blessings, and we're signing off. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. How do we do this? Okay, cut it off. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. D with Food Alchemy Network. This is a live broadcast. I am bringing you Ms. Barbara Blanco, straight, a Yucatan native, as well as a Mirada native. She's the CEO of Mirada Moves and also an attorney. So if y'all have any questions, put them in the comment box. So that's for my Facebook fans, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Um, if you want, I will be putting up a number later and you can call in with questions. Um, if you have questions, let me know if you want to be heard on live and I'll be sure to put you on live with that number and that will be provided during the screen. So without further ado, welcome. How are you? Are you talking with me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know you're talking with your people. Hi, how are you? Fine. We're great. Okay. Say hola. Hola, como esta? Hola, como están todos? Muy bien nosotros. So, okay, you guys. So that that's, um, she also speaks English. I want to let you know she also speaks Spanish. Hi. Some people are like, okay, they don't know. So uh, Merida is a Spanish-speaking country. Well, Merida is the, the city. Yucatan is the state. So Mexico, you know, is a Spanish-speaking country. Um, so they also learn English from my girlfriend in elementary school and sometime college. I'm not quite sure. Is that true? Yeah, well, I mean, mostly all the schools here, they they give you, I mean, you know, they teach you English like a, a one of their um, subjects. So, yes, you can. Usually the private ones are the better ones. Now, almost all the schools, the private ones are bilingual, you know, so they're more strong. So for me, I get the basic at the school and uh, I just need to practice, you know. So when I'm going to start to working with expats like uh, four years ago, I practice more. And that's when I'm a little bit more fluent in English. So that's why. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, um... I'm going to ask you, you know, who are you? So explain to the people who you are. I just just gave a blank. 
Yeah, um, so I'm Barbara Blanco from Merida Moves. That's my company, Merida Moves. Uh, I created this company like a four years ago just for um, help expats to move here to Merida. So actually, this is a fun story because I met an, an expat uh, like a four years ago. She's my best friend now. Um, but I met her and she just got a problem with a contract. Um, because, you know, here in Mexico, we need to sign contracts in Spanish and it's a lot of a different there in the United States. So she got some problems with her, with the people in the house. So I helped her to get an out for that contract because she don't want to stay there anymore. So we get in the, the deposit back and all this stuff. So she was so um, thankful, you know, so she told me why you don't do this for a living, you know, and I'm saying, what do you mean? Uh, because after that, I help her to find a house. So we do, you know, their, their, their house hunting and all this stuff. So she fell in love to the house. And I help her to review the new contract. And I help her to, to do the, um, you know, the deposit and all this stuff and reading the contract, all that things. So she told me, why you don't do this like a business, you know, for living? And I'm saying, what do you mean? And she said, oh, you know I mean, you can help expat, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, you know, that's a great idea. So that's what we started to doing, you know. So my my best friend now is was my first client. Wow. Congratulations. So you've been in business four years just out of just helping someone develop a business, which is um, outstanding. Um, so what are some of the things that you wanted your company to do for Merida Moves? What was the goal? My goal is just make everyone that go through us fall in love to Merida. This is my goal. You know, I'm, this is also a funny story. I mean, I'm plenty, I have a plenty of funny stories. So um, originally I'm local, you know, so I live here, I born, raised and, and be here all my life. But honestly, at the beginning, I don't like my city, you know, I mean, I always have that itchy, you know, that I want to travel, I want to know more, more cities, I want to, you know, live in abroad in a different country. So I'm gonna start to looking, you know, online, what places can be cheaper, you know, for moving and guess what, the first one is um, Mexico. So I'm like, okay, so I'm already here. <laughs> so, um, and then when I start to work with expats, so I actually fall in love again to my city through their eyes, you know, because they show me, you know, I mean, how awesome is Merida and how amazing it is. I, you know, sometimes you take it for granted because you live here all your life, so you don't notice that things. So, but they actually show me, you know, so I'm actually awake and see, you know, this is a amazing city. We have a lot of expats, foreign years for all around the world. And also we have Mexican expats, you know, from different parts of Mexico, they're moving here. So I'm like, okay, so everyone is moving here. So that's a reason, you know, so that's why um, I'm gonna start to learn more and refine and actually re in love to my city again. And now that's my goal, you know, all the people can see and how beautiful it is. And of course, made the transition super easy. You know, I know how stressful could be moving abroad you know moving for a different country that you don't speak the language and you don't know nothing about it you know like how the people work and how the people you know their their customs and all this stuff so for us make that transition easy and actually make connection between 
the people so they can actually have here uh, a tribe, you know, so they can have some connection and then make a group. That's our goal, you know. Almost all my clients become friends after being our clients, and we like to connect them with each other. So in that way, you know, they can feel comfortable. I know that a bad uh, experience at the beginning can just ruin you all the experience, you know, the whole experience. And you can actually hate the city just because that. So we don't want that. You know, we want to give you the first good view of Merida and us locals. And in that way you think, you know, this city actually works. That's good. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So tell us a little bit about Merida. What are some of the attractions that you will appreciate coming to Merida? Well, first of all, we are the safest city in the whole Mexico, the whole country. We are the number one and the number, I think, two or three in the whole world. We are just behind to Quebec. I think so. So actually, that's in a, and they do in a, in a questionnaire, you know, and then we are positioned in the second in the second uh second or the third place at the like the most safest city in the world so that's one thing you know we are we are really um safe city and then also we are a family i mean i'm talking about the whole mexico honestly but especially merida is so family and and uh, kids friendly like um all the restaurants that we have here, almost all the restaurants have um, their playgrounds. And that way you can come with your kids, you know, and then just take a breath a little bit, take your, your piña colada or some cocktail, and then just leave the kids in their playground. And then you can be, you know, just enjoy yourself a little bit. So we are a really safe and family friend um, city. And also we are close to Cancun and Playa, which is that area is a little bit more tourist, but we are close, you know, so you actually can jump in a bus and be there just in four hours. That's what we do, you know, so we live here, but we, we came there just for, for vacations. So you can have actually an, an all-inclusive five stars hotel, you know, really cheap. And then just spending the weekend there, which is just far hours away from us. And then come back here, which the rents are more affordable and the price of living is much more affordable. And then we also have beaches close by here. So I'm going to say that we have almost everything. You know, we have the culture thing, we have the ruins, we have the sinkholes, the cenotes that are just, you know, all the people are getting amazing as soon as they go through one cenote. So it's a beauty. And we have more than 5,000 here, you know. So if you already visit one, just know they still have 4,099 for visit again, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, Mexico, Merida is the best city for, for live, you know, and especially with these things, also with these pandemic things, because, you know, we can, we, we need to acknowledge the reality that we are living now with the COVID thing and all this stuff. So our city are being really careful about that too, you know, so I don't know. I mean, everyone ha can have their own opinion, but at least the Mexican or the Yucatecan people are really respectful. So, I mean, even if you have different opinions about the COVID or not, you know, so the, the people are gonna follow the rules, you know, so they're gonna follow the rules. And then if you, they're gonna respect you also, and then, you know, they're gonna, uh, 
Well, basically it's that, you know, respect you and then just, just um, you know, be friendly. That's good. We, everybody wants to live in a friendly place. So there's different parts of Merida. Um, you got Central, you got South, you got North, you got East, you got West. So tell me about the different parts, like going towards South uh, Merida. So Merida, I mean, we have North, uh, South, and West, and East, and West, you know? So, right. and then of, of course, Central, which is downtown. So mostly all the people, I was to try to find in a, in a map, but I couldn't find them. So um, basically the, the way the, the Merida is distributed, I mean, I don't know if you see it, this is a map of Merida. I see it. Okay. So if you divide a map from the half and you go to the up, that is the north, you know? So basically this is where their most um, fancy uh, neighborhoods are, you know? So I divide the north and the half because the one of their streets they go in the middle is this street they go exactly in the middle. It's kind of like a divide the, the city and the half. That is the street that if you take and go forward, you're gonna go at the, in the beach in 30 minutes, you know? So okay. um, I divide the city and the half. So from the half of the city to the right side is the north, is the north and over the, the fancy part of the north. That's how I call fancy part of the north. So over there, you're gonna have beautiful <laughs> restaurants, you know, people with money live there. I mean, when I'm talking about fancy, I'm not talking about fancy, you know, like a, a, in a bad way. No, <laughs> you know, so people will have some money incomes and they can afford certain type of rents, so, you know, so for me, I cannot afford a 20,000 pesos rent, but some Mexicans can, you know, so they live in the fancy part of the north. So over there, um, you can find more coffee shops and more restaurants, more, more, you know, exclusive restaurants and, and convenient things you know stores more a little bit more expensive so that area is super cool it's super safe and also looks really new i mean it's the newer part also and modern that's super modern so from the 60th street to the left i call that area the affordable part of the north so that area is where mostly of the locals they they don't have too much money they can live there, you know, the, 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 um, the locals. So, and that area is super funny because it's so close to the malls and everything. So you can have access to that, but also you can have access to the tacos, you know, so the, the restaurants with their, um, the tacos and the tortitas and the gorditas and all, all the Mexican things, you know, so that would be um, a restaurant, improved restaurants, I don't know if you know, but in that area you can rent in a house and you can actually open your your um, your restaurant there in the first floor and then you can live in the second floor, you know. So that's more more family, you know, so that have more more local sense. So that's happened in that area. And then we have the the poniente and the oriente, which is the south and the west. Um depend on the area, that will be how gonna look that areas the south is more and down over there is leave the people 
I'm not going to say poor people, but I'm going to say the people that don't have too much income, you know, the, the Mexicans that live day by day. So over that area is a little bit more ugly and I'm going to say a little bit more dangerous. When I'm talking about dangerous, I'm not talking about somebody going to kill you there. You know, no. But if you walk around in that area at 2 a.m., just walking in the streets, my some people come out and take your cell phone. You will loan your cell phone and never give you back. Certain that type of things, you know. So I'm, I'm not saying that it's really dangerous, you know. But again, it's not so nice and it's not so beautiful either. So um, I'm not going to recommend it living in the South just because, first of all, most of the people there do. If you go to the north, probably you have more probabilities to find somebody that is speaking English over there. In the south, okay. I don't think so at all. You know, so I'm not talking bad about the city. I'm just saying, you know, the city has certain parts. And mm -hmm. of course, you're going to need to be more careful in the south than, of course, in the north. But okay. it is what it is, you know. So, and then we have the downtown. And the downtown is really funny because it's, the most beautiful, ugly thing in the world, you know, because um, downtown is nice and it's, of course, it's for tourists, you know. So first of all, the rentals over there, I mean, we don't have houses for rent. Most of the houses there are Airbnb and that will be crazy expensive, you know, mostly all the owners in the central area, it's our expats, expats that bought houses, couple of years ago they renovate in a beautiful and astounding way and now they're rented for expats so that means crazy expensive of course beautiful but expensive you know so right. for example you can get it a two bedrooms two bathrooms house in centro for twenty five thousand pesos and you can get it a four bedrooms with pool and garden in the north for the same amount you know so it's like a eh, Right. And of course, that will be more loudy. You have more, more um, crowdy, loudy, and a lot of buses pass by all the time. So I'm going to say the centro is amazing for visit if you're going to come to visit. For live, it's not for all people. Right. Some people that I have, some clients love centro, so I'm not going to lie, but some people don't. So that's going to depend on you, you know, but it's... It is, I mean, depends on the taste of each people. That will be if you're going to like or not. But mostly of the parts over there are really cool. And um, sometimes it's central is the whole downtown, downtown. But you need to be careful about where is oriented the house that you are looking for. Because if that house is oriented to the sound, yes, it is central, but it's ugly. And if that house is oriented to the north, yes, it is central. But it's the nice part, you know. So even in central, you have difference. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. And uh, so, tell me, um, are there galleries in uh, Merida? Are there galleries? Are there uh, like trying to like besides the tacos, besides the food? Uh, you know, you can go to the beach. Um, but you got to travel, like you said, 20, 30 minutes, all depends where you're coming from, for me to So, um, what are some of the museums, if you have them in art galleries, what are they? 
Yeah, well, most of the museums and art galleries are in Centro. That's, I mean, especially art galleries. Museums, we have a couple of, a little bit more in the north, but mostly of the galleries are in Centro, you know, because that's where where the, the tourists are. They are beautiful, you know, they're super fancy. Merida is actually one of their um, most cultural places you know our governor just all the all the time is it's just pushing up um, a lot of um i'm gonna say events cultural events you know so we have a lot of that things you know and uh, about history about what's better before covid honestly now we are just start to again you know step by step uh, again um the governor is allowed again all these events but not so i mean that many like before covid they're having a little bit careful now but yes still we have events we have our galleries everything is open now and uh just in we are just jumping to the green light in this uh this month so the governor say that by january they're gonna allow to you know the, the concerts and the big uh, events and all this stuff. So we're, I think we're almost um, there in the normality, you know? Right. And we, well, it's going to be a new normal, just like yeah. you're going into the, uh, to the store, yeah. to the, what is it? Into the gallery, they take your, your temperature. And I'm like, okay, supposing I'm running a fever that day and because it, it's hot outside, you want to take my temperature and thinking it's, I got COVID. So some of it I think is stupid, but they do that here. I had to tell a lady, please do not point that at my head. Do you even know what that is? Do you even know what that contains? You point it to my wrist. So what I do is I go, look, this is what you do. You're not going to point it at my head. This is my brain. And guess what? That is still like electronics. And, and the lady just looked at me like, huh? I was like, okay. I'm not speaking very well. They don't understand. So they're not even given proper training. Okay, you do this and you take people's temperature. At least that's what I experienced since I've been in America. And I just told the lady, I was like, hold up. And she looked at me and I was like, this is what you're going to do. I was like, I have no problem. I said, even if you want, I will bring my own and I can take my temperature right there, let you see it. And then she looked at me like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that one. So um, with that being said, I like Merida. I like the different parts of Merida. I have friends that live in the South. I have friends that live in the North. I have friends that live in the Central. Um, and I think I live in the North. Yeah, I live in Las Americas in the North, right? Or is that kind of? Yeah, Las Americas is the North, is the affordable part of the North, but it's actually outside Periferico, you know, Periferico okay. is the faster yeah. road around the whole city, you know, so it's like the highway. Okay. So areas outside Periferico are slightly different than inside the city. But yes, we consider Las Americas the north, just in the in the side of the affordable part of the north. But yes, it's not. okay. So I like that. Um, so like I said, it all depends on what you're looking for, too. Um, I do like uh, the stores. Um, what I don't like is what is that Harbor Lifestyle Mall? Um, I don't like that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm gonna say the Merida have a place for everyone, you know. So even houses 
or malls, you know? So we have fancy malls, yes, we have it, you know? So a lot of people with a lot of money live here. And I'm not talking about expats, I'm talking about Mexicans. So yes. um, you can say that if you go, uh, just walking in the north you can see a tesla car just you know going there and just driving for somebody and a lamborghini and all the stuff so a lot of people with money live here you know but the beauty of the city is we have a place for everyone so yeah. we have fancy like a harbor or la isla and we have medium like a mall aldabrisa mall or galerias and we have affordable like a plaza fiesta and plaza las americas so we have a place for everyone i didn't even know that okay so see you're educating me too so <laughs> so i got some places to visit so okay what else was the other question so now we don't got about merida and move tell me what your company does exactly like what is the process of when a person uh they contact you what is what is something that you do uh, we offer different service so uh, i have a lot of clients for different things so everything that is about to move to merida we can help you you know so we offer immigration process we offer a visa process we offer a house hunting pro and package so the people that are already already ready to move they can just call us you know and then we can just set up for them uh and uh uh, move to Merida package, you know, as house hunting package. And we actually gonna do, I mean, I think that the last time that we did a record, I, I talked about the House Hunter International. So right. you see already that program, I mean, commercial, we've been there in one of the chapters the last season, but it's like that, you know? So we're gonna pick you up, we're gonna drop you on the places, we're gonna be with you during the whole process, we're gonna give you advices about this place, the other place, blah, 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 just in House Country, just three, we're gonna visit pretty much about 12 places or so. So until you say no more, we're gonna keep visit places so you find something that you like. And then we're gonna help you do the, uh, the, the uh, contract process. We're gonna help you uh, to review the contract. We're gonna help you to, to go, um, you know, secure the place, lock the place, set up some some um, services that you need. You know, some some um, like internet or something like that. So all the process is for the people that are ready to move. We work really really fast, and maybe you know already the renters here move really fast too. So a place that you see today, if you don't take that place, maybe that place will be gone tomorrow. So um, that's why we find places for our clients in pretty much one week. So we have them to move really really fast and uh beside that we also offer um, and tours so for the people that are not ready to move we offer a pre-move tour and we offer a neighborhood tours so and that way they're gonna know more about the city and the places before they actually take the decision to move so uh, we offer all that stuff and and we are client kind of like a implementing a new tours for the next week the next week sorry the next year that that will be
uh, we're gonna so we're gonna actually add in an emblematic places to Merida like a parks and and church and give you some story about the city you know and we're gonna do that we're gonna implement that tour the next year and also the beach tours too because here we have a lot of beaches you know I mean pretty much I mean just I can't remember more than 15 beaches so we're gonna actually tour some of these beaches you know so that people can see how close we are from the beach and then don't freak out about living in the city and you know because it's the easy their access to the beach is really easy so that's some of their their um service that we offer but honestly we do everything i mean i have clients that hire me for for op helping to open Mexican accounts, to go to the bank, go to their to their um, doctors for translate, whatever you need, they can help you to be more comfortable and actually make more easy your move here. We provide the service. That's cool. See, that's that's a well-rounded service that uh, people are definitely looking for. So. Um, what else was that? So you you explained a different process for a temporary residency um, and the permanent residency. So what would a visa? So how would someone you suggest come in to start their visa process? Uh, what do you do to work with them? Are there requirements that you need uh, for them to work with you for that before, like, say, temporary residency or permanent residency? Well, that's not my requirements. That's immigration requirements. So right, right. visas and visa process have a different types, you know. So if you want to come to Merida and you are a tourist, the only thing that you're going to need is your passport. So um, you can come here with your passport. Just take your passport, take your flight fly here to the airport and as soon as you cross the border they're going to give you a uh, tourist visa that visa going to allow you to stay in the country for 180 days so uh, that's the first visa you know the basic visa so you can be here for six months pretty much and then if you want to stay here more longer you can actually um, now with the COVID thing they allow to to um, extend that visa, you know. So after the six months, if you don't want to leave, you can extend that visa for other six months. Just doing a process in immigration, we can help you with that too. And um, but if you need to leave, I mean, if, if you don't want to stay, you can just fly out, and that's it. That's the their 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 first visa, you know. Um, before COVID, actually. For that visa, you actually need to leave the country after the 180 days and just do, you know, you can do the quick run to I know, any country outside Mexico, go to Cuba, go to Chile, go to United States if you want to, any place, you know, and then come back. But uh, now, like I'm saying, they're allowed to extend the visa if you don't want to leave. So they're kind of like a more, more um, careful about that. But this is just for COVID. Immigration actually is really uncertain. So they change things every year. So we don't know what's going to happen with this visa the next year. But this is the basic visa, actually. You know? So everyone that come here for the first time pretty much got a day 180 days. And after that, we have the, the temporary or the permanent visa. So the difference between one and the other is only two. 
um, temporary, you're going to need to to renew every year. I mean, you need to do that visa for one year and then you can renew for three years in a row and then you can jump into the permanent. And um, and for the permanent, as soon as they got you the permanent, I mean, that's done. You, that's the only thing that you're going to need to do. And then you can stay here forever you want. But the difference between the two is um, usually they give you the temporary to the people that don't have too much income to prove. Basically, got a, a visa here in Mexico is about income. So how many, how much money you make every month, how much money you have in your saving account. And, you know, so basically for you don't come here and take our jobs. Yeah, you know, everyone wants to earn pesos. So, but basically it is what it is, you know. So that's why um, the people, I mean, immigration asking you certain requirements for, for make the visa. So the difference between one or the other will be the money that you make and your age. Usually don't allow to permanent visa to younger people. You need to have more than, I think, 55 or 60 years old. And of course, good income. So that is uh, the difference. For that visas, you need to do this tramit outside Mexico. So don't need to be in United States. You can do in any Mexican embassy, but outside Mexico. But of course, if you live in United States, it will be more easy to do it there. And you only need to ask an appointment to your embassy, your closest embassy, Mexican closest embassy, ask an appointment, and they show your paperwork there. So as soon as they approve you there, they're going to stamp your passport with their visa. It's a green visa. They're going to stamp you in your passport. And when you cross the border, they're going to give you the paper, the, the, the tourist paper they give you everyone. But instead of say 180 days, you're, yours going to say 30 days. So that means that you have 30 days for finally sign. How do you say it? Finalizer, the, the process. Finalization. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to need to go to immigration and then just, you know, make their, their uh, small, quick process and then um of course getting your your green card and it's green card because it's actually green you know <laughs> i'm not making jokes about green card mexican americans but it's because it's, it's green so they give you the, the the green card and and that's it basically is when your process done so for do the second part here some people hire uh, helpers like us, we, we do this help. And so people hire lawyers. You actually don't need a lawyer if you already have the pre-approved visa. You know, it's a really easy process. And it's just because it's a little bit um, complicated. The, the immigration website is a little bit complicated. And you're going to be shocked, but mostly of the people, I mean, they work in immigration in the office, they don't speak English. So it's a little bit difficult language barrier that they explain you what do you need to do and where do you need to go to a website and actually fill the correct paper because it's like a 200 different process there, you know. So if you actually fill the wrong paper, they're going to make you come back and come back, come back, come back until you find the good one, you know? So that's why some people hire us, I mean, the helpers to, to go through this process. Like I'm saying, you don't need to be lawyers. Some people get freaked out and, and, you know, hire lawyers. And I'm a lawyer, but we don't charge like a lawyer this process, you know? We charge like a helper. So I know some lawyers charge a little bit more, but that's going to depend, you know? 
whatever, how you feel comfortable. But we have a lot of people that do this process here and I can recommend, I mean, we do this process, but also like a, we're talking about the, the Vicky Hillman and Yucatec, Yucatan expats. And they actually great too. So, you know, they do this process too. So it is really easy. You know, that second part is really easy. So, and now it, it's, just this year, they allow us some weird visa that we call that the COVID visa, because for the people that have been traveled Merida, and I mean to Merida or Mexico in general, not Merida, Mexico in general, since the 2019, they are allowed to that people, if you come here since the 2019 and you never leave, or you are traveled, you know, back and forward, back and forward, but your first entry was in the 2019, or you um doing you know the extended six months six months six months since 2019 uh, now they're allowing one visa a temporary visa there is for four years you know this is an special visa the mexican immigration are allowing i'm just guessing just for make some money from the tourists that are staying here so just where they'd be legal and then getting some money um but that visa is super I mean, I'm saying funny because they allow you that visa right away. You know, you don't need to prove income, you, know, you don't need to show anything. Just, you know, prove that you are already going back and forward with your with your card. They have registered in their system. So you can um, just go there, pay the fines and pay the fees and get your four years temporary visa, which I think is a little bit unfair, you know, for the people that are doing the process in the legal way. But... It is good for the people that have been here since the 2019. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So we talked about that. So my other question is, after you do that process, now I know some people actually stand in line for people to get their process work. Uh, do you do that too? Like you go in there, get the process work for them. So the only thing they have to do is come back and take their picture. Yeah, actually, we do it in different way. You know, it's two, the, the helpers doing two different things. I mean, two different ways. And they can fill the paper by themselves and put in them right the responsibles, you know, and then they go to the immigration, they do all the process, and then you show when you take the pictures. We do it a different way. We fill all the paperwork online. We get in everything, you know, in the moment we make the appointment for you. We go to the appointment with you. We give you all the papers that are really filled and all the fines that will be already paid and then we wait for you outside until you come back with your visa pretty much in one day wow that's cool that's cool that is amazing i like that okay so all right so that like yeah that's what i'm learning different process so that's good uh what was the other question uh someone asked me uh yesterday oh my gosh my brain i'm tired too uh we know about that. So um, everybody, there's different um, American embassies in different countries. So even if you're not in America and you want to get a visa, I was told that all you got to do is go to the American embassy and just find out the guidelines um, for that embassy because each embassy, e even in each different state in the United States is different. The income requirement is different in each state. So it's going to be different in each country. So that is something that you want to look into and what is actually feasible or, you know, works for you. So, yeah. 
uh, that's some advice. So you might want to look outside. You might, it might be better to go to an, a neighbor country instead of doing it in the United States. Um, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> some people, what was that? Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, that that is the big and small of it of you know being there of getting that because it makes a difference at one embassy it's income um it's a lot of uh paperwork birth certificates um your bank statements um now was another thing i was um a business i was told for business they had the business has to make thirty five thousand dollars a month for the business to come in on a business visa I was yeah, like, invested visa, invested visa. Yeah, for the people that actually have the money for invested. But I mean, if you want to work, even open a small business, I'm going to say that the best way is just getting your temporary and then just exchange that for a working visa, you know, that allow you to work. And, and that way you will be legal and you don't need to be invested. That visa is for the invested, you know, the investors. Okay. So that means, you know, huge companies or uh, people with a lot of money, they want to open, I don't know, you know, like a well, condoms or oh. yeah, big, big things, you know, okay. so uh, hotels and all this stuff. So if you want to open in a small business here, like a kitchen or, or like a salon or something like that, I'm going to say that it's better to just get in your temporary and then just exchange it for the working visa. And that's going to allow to work. Okay, that now that's awesome. See that that's process. No one said that. So these are the questions. I'm glad you asked. Okay, and we were talking about animals. Um, what is the laws about having service animals? Do you have laws like we have here? People that are disabled that maybe are blind or have hearing problems or whatever. Uh, they have maybe um a dog a, a dog that you know, a CNI dog or a, a dog that helps them, whatever that is, uh, could be. How does that law works there in, um, in Merida? Is it a such honestly, law? Uh, yeah, honestly, uh, we are uh, uneducated about that. You know, that's not so common here. So I think the people are not educated about that. The law exists. I mean, if you have a guide dog or if you have, you know, a pet that, that will be supporting pet and, and all the stuff for some illness, they should allow you to go in restaurants, malls and all the stuff. They should. But most of the people, honestly, are really uneducated. So if that is not a nice restaurant, you know, with, with um, I don't know how we say it, but but they told you it's the pet friendly since the beginning, you know. So pet friendly, they put in the their even the animal support in the category of pets. So we can say that it's not a pet because it's a helper, you know. But for mostly of the Mexicans here, it's just pets. So that's <laughs> sad. I mean, it's really sad because, like I'm saying, we are uneducated, you know, and then you, you have two choices. You can just fight with them or you can just live and choose a different place, you know. But we right. have nice malls that are pet friendly. Again, I know that it's not a great thing, you know, because that type of um, 
animals are not pets are more helpers but we have fancy most they're pet friendly to this allowed all type of pets you know so like i'm saying that's that's uh really sad but it is what it is right uh someone asks can you start what is it can you start a business from a work permit like yeah small you, business yes yeah, small business so yeah that was answered okay um so that's good so that that's good to know for people and um after that you're going to also get a can you get a business account or you you would you be able to help someone get their business registered and all that stuff for the account for biz stuff to be paid and taxes. stuff can you do that yeah because taxes yes yeah i saw you i saw you you got your um, i mean you're gonna need to have your your visa you know the temporary visa at least temporary visa and then um you're gonna need to be registered in the mexican irs that is um called hacienda here mm -hmm. sat sit and you're gonna need to pay taxes so yeah make a business come with pay taxes and um, you, you're gonna need to be registered there. But as soon as you got your temporary visa, you can go to, to that office and get your personal number. It's like a social number, Mexican, you know, but that number is just for make business. So it's for, for, for you can do an official receipts, you know, and all the stuff, so, and pay taxes with that. So um, yes, we can help you with that process too. It is not really difficult, but like I'm saying, sometimes navigate through this office, bureaucratic office without speaking Spanish will be really a nightmare. So, yes, we do that process. too. OK, that's not bad. Um, what was the other thing? So we got that, the business. Um, would you be able to help someone scope out properties for a business as well or to do like the dual what we're talking about, like, you know, uh, they have the biz they have the home but the business down at the bottom would they be able to do that as well and you would have, yeah you would that's completely legal here but just gonna depend on the neighborhood you know okay. we have some neighborhoods that they don't have that i mean for open a business you need to have an, an special place that they have also the suelo that's how we call that so it's an, a special uh, permit that they allow certain places for do business it's okay. not all neighborhoods in the city. Um, Las Americas, for example, in Cauquel, they allow to open business and houses. You know, Francisco de Montejo too. But some neighborhoods more in the north, the fancy part of the north, they don't allow that, you know. So okay. they have certain restrictions. And also um, also the, the the privadas, you know, the close-gated communities. Yes. They, there is much more difficult to open business there because mostly of their close gated communities don't allow that. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. So we got the children, okay. So, all righty, got that. And what else was there um, being in media? Yeah, I had so much yesterday. Um, you guys, this interview, I did yesterday, but when I tried to translate the interview from my phone, onto the computer it just shut down <laughs> i was like i tried all night and i was like you know what i stayed up to three o'clock trying to fix it and it was a great interview and i had all these things because it's inspired 
I brought you yesterday. I was so funny. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> you were telling funny stories, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, okay, I don't know why, but it wasn't supposed to be, so we're supposed to go live. So I just said, give it a shot if she's available. And then I said, well, it is Friday. She, she might be going out with the kids and you might be, you know, doing something on a date. I don't know, uh, you know, <laughs> what the situation is. So it's kind of interesting. So I was like, I don't know. Me? Hmm. I'm here right now. I'm still trying to swim to get back. Um, I know it is. Uh, people that are looking for doctors, um, like... We, I know what we're talking about. We were talking about the different pharmacies that they have there. Um, was the Mayan Mayan pharmacy or the Yucatan pharmacy versus the American pharmacy? Mm, no, I don't think that we speak about that, but we can. I mean, uh, what, you mean pharmacies like uh, um, herbs, you know, for doing like yeah. uh, um no yes. medicine, you know, more natural things. Yes. Um, we call that homeopata. I don't know the word in English, honestly. It's like a natural one. So, right. you know, the, the doctors uh, heal you with, with um, I'm not going to say energy because they need to give you something, you know, but with plants and herbs right. and, you know, certain things, natural, natural um, peels and all this stuff. So, yeah, right. we have a lot of that here. We have all type of pharmacies, you know. Actually, I told my clients, Merida is a really big city. You know, you you can be surprised because sometimes, and that's a funny story again. <laughs> I remember one time when one of my clients come and we was doing, you know, just the 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 tour uh, around the city, and you know, they was really shocked about that we have. Um, mcdonald's and walmart and costco and home depot and um sam's club and you know and they're like oh you have a burger king you have a mcdonald's pizza Hut. and like yeah we have that since i think 50 years ago 100 years ago i don't know <laughs> but um you know some people and i know that some people when they think of mexico they think you know in the dirty um floors with a coconut and the people just laying down and, and behind the cocos just drinking a beer. Um, so, you know, and donkeys riding and donkeys and I don't know, you know, that type of things. And uh. yeah, donkeys, but, but it's not for rides. So uh, we are really Americanized here, you know, so I mean, I think they just recently opened an Ikea, not in Merida though, but in Mexico, but um, Mexico City. But I mean, in Merida, we have pretty much all the things, you know, so supermarkets and, and um, restaurants, fast food restaurants that you have there, we have that. And um, it's really American thing, you know, so pharmacies, even the pharmacies, we have a, a good quality pharmacies and a good quality doctors. And actually we have an, a, an, a brand new hospital that calls El Faro that I know for, I know that just for one of my clients that they told me, that 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 um, hospital have an agreement with their some insurance companies in United States. So they live here, they pay the insurance in United States, and they have full cover here for that um, hospital, which is 
super fancy and super nice, you know? So yeah. they got all the medicines and all the doctors and even surgeries if they needed for free with the insurance. So, and I know that that hospital also has some agreement with, with um, brats, you know, American brats, um, how do you call, um, for the people that it was in their in their in the government there, you know, like uh, um, army brats. I forgot. Okay. So for army brats or or you know veterans. for they're working exactly veterans. Yeah. So okay. they have they are covered in that hospital too. So um, I mean I didn't know that one of my clients told me. So I mean we have pretty much good uh, options for healthcare. And also, um, I mean, different types, you know, so if you don't like doctors, if you don't like their, their medicines, you don't like vaccines, we have herbal things, we have natural things, we have homeopathas doctors, so that means that they heal you through, you know, herbs, plants, and all this stuff. So, okay. yeah, we have See, and that's some of the things some of my people want to know more about, especially some women that are having women issues. Those are the people... Okay, those are the people that they want to get in touch with. Um, um, because, like, um, I'm a doula. So I do the pre, uh, the pre-birth and going in with birthing, and then I also do deaf doula. And I show people how to take care of themselves and, you know, so forth. But there's coming, I feel, in America, we have an epidemic with women that have fibroids, have endometriosis, uh, menopause too early. Some girls are having menopause at 13 um, instead of the norm. Their body is so out of balance that I know when I lived in Thailand, I learned to do the Thai womb, uh, womb lift where their people's womb are off balance because they're walking and running on the pavement. So you're, you're, you know, your uterus out of balance. Um, you know, your you're actually your your menses is on longer um a friend of mine was talking telling me her menses was on for seven days and she says sometimes 10 and i was like whoa, 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 what see i thought i was dying for three days <laughs> i was like what she's like yeah, 10 days. I said, that's not normal. And I started breaking stuff down for her. And she's like, huh? I was like, you need to get checked for this and this. And she went and checked and she has fibroids on her assist on, on her ovary. And she has fibroid and she has endometriosis. So for me, it's like, it's a double whammy because this is what I do. And I had to explain the process. And she says, but you're in Mexico. And I said, I'm in the most perfect place because they, they believe in botanicals where, you know, you guys, synthetic, 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 you know, man-made and it's mixed with a compound. So those dyes, for me, those dyes and stuff actually do not help the body. They hurt the body. Um, but it all depends on how they're made. So how does a... What would you call a person like that um, for them to see? Because I know you have OBGYNs there, but someone that does that would specialize in that woman's care for them to go, because I definitely want to recommend them um, if that is so, if you know someone like that. Well, we have different type of um, doctors, I'm going to say that. And they, it, 
OBG as they're of course the common doctors, you know, so that have a medical degree and other stuff. But we also have doulas here, you know, and um, like a, we call that comadronas. So it's kind of like a, the old ladies that they have all the knowledge, you know. And then if you notice, we here in Mayda, we are so close to the Maya community, really close, you know. So a lot of people that live here are actually Mayan descendants, you know. So we got all these Mayan um information you know all this richness all the these um advices from mayas from i mean 10 ton, tons of years ago you know so right. this is this is ancient sabiduría i don't know how to say it in english but basically is the experience you know all that come from the experience so even in the little towns outside the city some mm -hmm. of the people get birds naturally you know with with these ladies that come to help you to the house and uh you don't go to the hospital you don't do the, the normal process you know i mean normal process for some so they do all the, the natural things you know so and actually my mom i mean my mom already died but i, I remember the every time that i got you know like at the cramps for the for the menses they told me you know you make this tea with herbs and take this and then put in this and just rub your belly with thin and thin, you know and then you know you get cured so all these sapiens and and all these um you know acknowledge from tons of years ago, we are really, um, how I want to say, we are really um, respected people for that things, you know, so we respect that, we respect our antepasites, uh, you know, our people that live before us. So uh, I'm going to say that even if you believe in their medicine, then the modern medicine. I mean, for my kids, for example, every time that they go flu, I give them. I have a uh, tree of guava in my my um, in my garden. Okay. Tea okay. with guava leaves, you know, because my mom told me that that's gonna help them for breathe better, you know. And I have plants that cause um, that type of plants that is really. Big with with two colors, the green ones. We call that uh, lenguas de vaca. That that's supposedly. I mean, you know, I read things in in, in internet. They say that that plant's gonna help you to breathe better and all the stuff. So before actually gave them um, some medicine, you know, from the pharmacy, I tried that first, you know, and and if they have fever, I put in, you know, the 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 um, cold. Um, things in, in their head, so try to low that type of thing, you know, me, uh, ancient medicine, they, it's come from our relatives, they, they're already dead, you know, so, and yeah, we have some chamanes here too, so they do their their healing energies, and you know, they, they do all that stuff, and it's much more easy to find them in the, in the small village outside the city. The city is a little bit cold about that, you know. No, we have some places, but not too much. The people here, uh, I mean, in the city, they think more in their traditional medicine, but we have some places. But it's more easy to find these type of doctors in the um, in the small village, the Mayan village. 
Okay, so we'll we'll talk more about that because I could probably get her connected with you before she comes, um, because that's important. Um, uh, he wanted to know about cancer. I know a couple of people that have cancer that have moved to Medida. Um, he's like he wanted to know the effective effective are doctors there with cancer. I don't know. Um, that's something that I don't know. Uh how effective it is, but I know that some people are doing just wonderfully well. The person that I know anyway, she's doing wonderfully well. She's doing arts and crafts. Uh, she's doing more things. She has some good days, bad days, but that's why with anybody, you have your good days, you have your bad days. Um, she looks good. So from what I understand and I've seen since I've been immediate up and I know that she has cancer. Yeah, my sister used to work in a hospital for cancer. Um, I mean, you know, for, for people with cancer. And she told me that actually that hospital is one of the best ones, you know, in, in the home Mexico. So they have really good care on cancer people. And uh, I have personally two friends that go through the cancer and they're fine and they're younger, you know, like my age, I'm younger, I'm saying I'm younger. So they're, uh, <laughs> they're pretty much around the 40s, which is younger for me. There's just small kids. So, <laughs> and uh, they go through to this situation, you know, with successful and, and they're fine. There are two amazing women that are my personal friends that are fine. So about effective, I'm saying most of the people here have a lot of, um, how do you say, when you put it in your, in the other people um, skins, you know, we are really, really, um, what is the word? I forgot the word, but basically we care about other people. You know, that's something that the, the, the Yucatecan people have. We are really, really welcoming and we also care for strangers, you know, not just your family. We are nice people. I mean, you need to feel it. You need to see it. But mostly of the people here are really nice. And even if you they don't know you, they're going to want to help you. That's good. You know, that's 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 what we need. Um, in Hawaii, we call it Hanai. So some people, we extended family, adopt a family. You know, uh, I have adopted brothers. Um, you know, I have a lot of adopted brothers. <laughs> um, and I, I'm a bossy little sister. <laughs> but they listen and they understand. Um, but they're always encouraging. Um, so... I love that about that because, like I said, I look for a place, the aloha spirit, and that means embracing me and welcoming me where I'm at. Um, so I know that for me, I'm not a big group person. Like I don't want to be a whole brown, a whole bunch of people. Um, that's just me in general. Um, I really try not to be with a lot of different um, expats. Uh, so for me, yeah, I guess he's saying, yeah, I'm bossy. <laughs> uh, so, um, that's, so that I tried basically to find, uh, my tribe, but sometimes it's just best to find individuals, uh, for me. And I find that works because I'm not really good on groups because groups, sometimes become what I call clickish. They're 
uh, they have that, well, you you get this and this and this and this, and we start disliking um, other people. And I'm not into that click stuff. I'm into you are who you are, and I'm going to judge you by you and you. But sometimes in America's view, the, by the company you keep is what you are. And that is not always the case. The company I might keep, I might not know their character or whatever, or the thing is you might see them a different way. So that's different. So what I like about that is that you're going to see a whole class of different people, like you said, in the areas from the south to the north to the west yeah. to the east of Merida and outside. You'll get to experience a lot of different things in the different areas that you go to exactly what you want and then beyond is what I really, really like. Um, and I, I like, yeah, so I like I Merida um outside of media i should say <laughs> but I, I like going in and seeing the crystals i like going to homa the the ruins i like going to the cenotes i like the fact that i seen it costco has a cenote that i'm like really and then another girl said she moved in the house and didn't realize that she had a cenote under her house I like that one. That's the kind of treasure I like. That is amazing. You move in a house and not know that you have a cenote. That is like incredible. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. You know, I have, um, when I used to live in my old neighborhood, I used to have a friend that lives around my, my block. And one day that we came to their house, I mean, I'm talking about like a tons of years ago, but one one day that we came to their house to just play and you know she told us do you want to swim and i said yeah so we saw their pool you know we're gonna pull you say no i have a cenote just here you know i'm like oh, okay so we just you know swim in the cenote <laughs> so yeah it's really cool a lot of a lot of houses here i mean it's not like you're gonna give me your requirement like i have a cenote in your house because that's that's not super easy to find you know but yeah a couple of houses had synopsis on it so hey you never know somebody watching this show might like look i think that you could find me a house on a synopsis <laughs> well i might need to create one for you you know <laughs> and for you guys don't know what a cenote is it is a, a, a beautiful a really beautiful water that you can swim in that has caves and it's been around for she's like i'll say a gazillion years when the dinosaur roamed where um what is it the uh da, 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 meteors meteors and comets hit the earth and that's what they are also, what I like about Mexico, I don't know, there are a lot of sightings, which I haven't, you know, heard too much since I've been there. They used, I used to watch this show where there was like a lot of UFO sightings, a lot of uh, outer world experience. And I'm like, well, I would love to see that by a pyramid or something, you know, something like that. My friend said, oh my gosh, you're just crazy. <laughs> Well, you know, I I honestly don't know. You know, I never see uh, one ovni or or anything else. But I can tell you for experience, if you go to the to the ruins in certain 
times of the year, you know, and you can feel the energy. And that energy, I mean, you can feel it. I, I don't need to tell you. If you go there, you feel how the energy goes to you and you feel all that light. So that's need to come from other place. You know, it's, it's not it's, it's not something that you can touch. It's not something that you can see. You, you can feel it. So... And of course, we, we have a lot. I mean, here is more popular the aloches, which is kind of like a, a small, you know, it's like a, a small kids. There is grow up, but kids, they stay in, in, in the kids size. And it's like a, a Mayan thing that they told that they live in their in their um, in the backyard. So you have a big backyard so, and that watching you, but also are like a kid. So they do. Um, Travesuras, you know, I don't know how to say travesuras. So they play, you know, like kids and they hide your stuff. So it's an oh, we call them fairies. Fairies. Kind of like a fairy, but uglier. <laughs> oh, <laughs> trolls? That's what it is, you know. It's trolls. Like a, oh my like, gosh. It's <laughs> like a, how to say, uh, duendes, but it's not like a duende. It's similar like a duende. Leprechaun. Oh not leprechaun. Leprechaun. It's something that comes from the Mayan, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, okay. it is. that's why they say, you know, a lot of people, I mean, the old people, they put it in the backyards, they put in some can, candies for them, so they avoid, they do some um, travesuras, you know, they rob you your keys or something like that. I mean, you know, that's believers, so. Oh, my God, what's the best? stories that the people... The, the Mayan people has, and then we take that tell stories, you know, they're fun, so. I like that. Okay, yeah, so we definitely gotta connect. So you guys, um, thank you for coming. If you like, uh-oh, meteors. Yeah, that's what we're saying, meteors. If you guys like, always say, sit the button, ding 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 and it give you a notification please subscribe and you'll get notifications when we're on but also you need to tell them about your event on sunday yes uh this sunday we have we're gonna have an uh uh, a Q and A um, session with my partner and through our Facebook uh, fan page and my personal uh, Facebook page too. So um, you can find us in Merida Moves fan page and or Barbara Blanco, which is my personal. Uh, Facebook. We're going to be alive and just answer all the questions that the people have about Merida, giving some advices or anything that you need to know about Merida. We're going to be answered for free. Um, we have consultation calls for the people that want to, to uh, work with us, you know, and they're more serious, but that have a cost. But like I'm saying the last time, we're going to offer this free uh, Q&A uh, session for all the people that are interested in moving, just like a Christmas present. So that will be completely free. And we're going to answer whatever they want to know about it. We're going to answer it uh, as much um, honest and sincere as we can. You know, I told my clients, I don't like to lie to you. You know, I'm going to try to to you making falling in love to Merida, but Merida is not for everyone. So um, I'm never gonna lie to you. I always give um, honest advices, you know, even there, there is, uh, that means that the people are not gonna take the places or the people are not gonna move here. But I mean, I, I prefer to just be really honest and, and then, you know, in that way, make a friend and 
you know, that's more and more important to me than actually. And and I told that when you connect them with 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 realtors, sometimes they could, you know, uh, lie to you about the places and houses just for you rent the place. I'm never gonna do that. So I'm always gonna be really honest with you because I told my clients, if you hire me, you I'm gonna be working for you and with you, you know, and your behave. So in that way. Um, I'm going to be on your side, you know, and I'm going to fight for you. And I've been fighting for my clients since the day one, you know. So I have a lot of clients that are Cambodian and I've been fighting for them and, you know, deposits or whatever the problems that they have. I'm, I'm trying to be really fair and, and you know, and, and helping and anything that they that I can. Um, just when they are wrong, I honestly also need to tell them, you know, this is not how the things work here. So you need to be aware about certain things, you know, so, but when they have right and that's is their, they need something and they're, they, I need to be, you know, in their sides, I always be there. So, um, like I'm saying, and that will be uh, this Sunday. So we're gonna we're gonna answer any questions that people have for us. We're gonna be as much as uh, honest as we can. I mean, you know, with all the honesty, and we will be here. Okay. Someone gave me two questions. One was about the internet. We did answer that yesterday. I'm like Nancy. Yeah, about the internet. Someone asked, "How good is the internet?" Yeah. <laughs> Many the internet, it's a tricky thing. You know, if you stay inside the peripheral, which is, you know, the line that surrounds the whole city, you're going to be perfectly fine. You have three options for fiber optic. If you want a reliable and faster internet, that needs to be fiber optic. So if you stay inside the peripheral, you have three options total play easy and telmex that's easy to get and even some of these one uh, come with cables so you know that will be perfectly fine the problem will be when you chose a place outside peripheral. so when you chose a place a little bit farther from the from the city uh they don't have too much internet available so some of these areas don't have fiber optic at all you know and it's not about if you you i mean you can pay as much that you want but they don't have the infrastructure for, for the fiber optics so that means it's not available there you know so it's not about money about how much you can pay it's, it's not there so and then it's just other companies that there is a wire you know with antennas and other stuff companies they're only gonna give you 20 megas as much as much so um and you're gonna be stuck with 20 megas you know so in other areas like uh, Cauquel, some areas of Cholu, some areas of, of Las Americas has fiber optic with Telmex, which honestly sometimes could be really good and sometimes not so good. So uh, internet thing, it's, uh, I mean, it's a, a tricky thing. I'm going to tell the people that want to do this by themselves, like we talking yesterday, if you want to do this by yourself, please learning these two magical works that is fibra optica and always asking to your landlords about that don't asking about if the house that you try to, to rent that have internet because they're going to tell you yes and like we're talking yesterday 
working online. I mean, they're going to tell you, yeah, I'm working online at my house all the time. No worries. You can be working online. And we talked about this yesterday. Working online for Mexicans is not the same thing like for Americans, you know. For us, working online means sending an email sometime and then, you know, share some pictures on Facebook. That's working online for us, you know. It's not a real work. So I know for Americans, most of my clients, they need to be reliable internet and faster for, you know, Zoom calls or conference calls and all this stuff. And mostly all the places outside Periferico, if they don't have fiber optic, you won't have access to that. And we're talking yesterday about my history, one of my clients, I always told them the truth. I always told them the truth. And when they fall in love to that place, I told them this place has a problem. I don't think that we can get in a fiber optic over here. But then the realtors tried to rent the, the place today and they told them, oh no, you're gonna have access. Some uh, other clients here have, have 50 megas and they think the 50 megas will be okay for them. So they, they figure it out that 50 megas with no fiber optic, that means like a 10 megas, you know, so it's not real. <laughs> So uh, when they try to hire an um, up to 50 megas uh, company, they was the other company tried to charge them a huge infrastructure. So for just putting the internet, it was about 35,000 pesos and they won't pay 25,000 pesos just for, you know, an, right. an, an internet. So um, short term story, long short story, they just ended to move back to the United States because he lost their job and gotta be able for, for keep working. So internet is something really important. You need to be really careful about that. Not all the even outside Periferico, the areas that they have fiber optic, not all all areas are the same. I live here in Cauquel and I have internet fiber optic in my house, but my sister they live like a five blocks far from me, she don't have it. You know, so right. this is a really Something for us, the things that we do before actually rent the place or actually show the place to our clients. I have guys. I, I my friends say that I have a guy for everything, which is pretty much you know the truth. So I have guys for everything, and I have guys working in EC and Telmex and in uh, Total Place. So before actually getting rent the place, I just send them the location, and they told me if that's an area with cover or not. But again, uh, I'm just going to say, be really careful. If you're trying to do this by yourself, like we're talking about yesterday, you can. Definitely you can. We are not doing, I mean, you know, certain things that nobody is doing. I mean, I'm not saying that nobody could be able for doing by themselves. No. A lot of people will do it by themselves. I have clients, they do it by themselves. I mean, clients for other things that they, they actually find their own houses. So it's, it's not it's not like that, you know. It's just these small advices that you need to pay attention on it before actually just getting involved or signing a contract because like we're talking, you're going to need certain months for going to the house, you know, for getting the keys of the house. And then right. if you find out that the internet is not enough and you want to take out from that uh, contract, you're gonna lose all that money. They're not gonna give you back your money, they know. So, right. um, because that's not their problem, you know, their problem will be um, major things in the house, you know, like structure things or leaks or something. Yes, you can break your deal for that. But for internet, or neighborhood that you don't like, no, because you you see the place before, you know, and you take the decision to 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 get that place. So my my advice will be just pay attention before, and then just 
be really, really careful about that. Don't trust the realtor's word or owner's word, you know, try you first. And if you don't know about that, just I'm going to recommend them rental places that they already has the fiber optic setup. So even if you need to pay that beside, just rent it if they already have set up. So in that way, you can see that it's already there and you can pay that monthly, but at least you're going to have it. There you go. That is, thank you so much. So you guys, the information is at the top of the box. You can contact her. And then, like I said, she has... A meeting coming up on Sunday, and it's a question and answer. And it is what's they call what is free? Um, gratis, 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 completamente gratis, gratis. There you go. So that means free. Yeah, <laughs> I learned that very well. What does that mean? Free, <laughs> free, gratis. Right? So it will be Sunday at noon, uh, central time. I mean, my time, central time at noon and um, completamente gratis. So we will be here Sunday, 12 at noon. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone that has joined our conversation that stopped in, said hello, left, and sent me questions. I totally forgot about that one for the internet that I guess she wanted to know. So, and I said, I went over that yesterday. <laughs> So I'm glad you explained. So I want to say good night, everyone. It's been a blessing. We will see you later. Good night, everyone. Blissfulness be upon you and all that surrounds you. You are listening to Food Alchemy Network. I am the CEO of Food Alchemy Network. We have a variety of shows from cooking to aligning to angelic readings to intuitive spiritual growth and development. Also for learning to breathe, learning to meditate. We are here to help you reach Briah. The exterior go into the interior of self-alliance and abundance. I want to thank you for staying tuned with Food Alchemy Network. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by calling 480-253-9407. That number again is 480-253-9407. That is the number you can dial. Email is dr. period c-e-s-i-l-y-d-e-a-n-g-e-l-o at gmail.com. That's dr. period Cicely D'Angelo at gmail.com. For any response for our guest or host, leave a message or send us an email. Thank you. Blessings be upon you.